Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Four oh five Tuesday afternoon. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM sixteen hundred KIVABQ.FM, RockofTalk.com, five fifteen fifty five hundred, Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. Don't forget to podcast us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And for all the action on our apps at RockofTalk.tv, RockofTalk.com. Lot to get to as always here this uh, beautiful Tuesday afternoon. I think it's nice out in Albuquerque as it's nice out here. Have we broken eighty? I don't know yet, but uh, we're about to find out from D Dowd Muskauer. One. A lot of fun here. I'm in Miami Beach at the, the Plymouth Hotel here on South Beach and uh, it is as glamorous as you think it is, but not because I'm out there in the bars hanging out, having a great time, but because, hey, the weather's nice, the ocean breezes are good, and people are happy. You wouldn't think of a recession here, out here in DeSantis land. Glad to be here. I've already told you who the next president of the United States is going to be. You can count on it unless something uh, dramatic should happen. Uh, D-Dowd Muska, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm well. I, I wish I could give you the uh, the temperature information you, you seek, Mr. Aragon. I am a little distracted, and I will apologize to the listeners today. I'm currently composing the birthday email to my 18-year-old nephew, and it's a big a big day in his life, and I'm trying to get it right. What do you, what do you say to an 18-year-old boy in 2022? I, I don't know. I just want to let him know how much he's meant to me and... Uh, what, he, he has every advantage an 18-year-old can have. His mother's loaded. He's healthy, and he's got 199 IQ. He's never going to need my help. But I just want to let him know, despite all that, buddy, your uncle loves you even though he's 2,000 miles away. And if you ever need my help for any reason, say the word, and I'm on a plane. So um, a little a little teary-eyed today for, for the Dowd 3000 on this broadcast. <laughs> All right, good job. I think that's good. I think I would always send him the Rudyard Kipling uh, poem, If, and I think that's probably yep. uh, probably in that sort of tenor. I think that would probably go uh, some way towards some things. Uh, I got to talk a little bit about today about family, and um, we will talk about homosexuality, and we'll talk about maybe some of your conservative talk show hosts who are enabling a high level of homosexuality and endorsing it. Uh, uh, as something alarming I got a little bit earlier uh, today. Fears of recession intensify. We should probably talk a little bit about that. We should all talk about uh, DeSantis, DeSantis uh, reducing the Fetal and Infant Mortality Act. That's big. And uh, boy, there's just so much going on, not to mention the mask mandates being removed uh, across the country, but there's still airlines that are going to be trying to go ahead and enforce that. Well, the idiocy will continue, folks. Uh, or what is it that they say? I know that there's a saying you know, the beatings will continue until... Um, <laughs> it's true. I think the beatings will continue. We're going to allow it to happen. Um, the federal government tax collection hits a record $2 trillion in six months. They're coming for your money, folks. If you paid out yesterday, you know who you are. Dowd and I are certainly amongst uh, all of that. And then across the nation, uh, we'll talk about the FBI being compelled uh, with Apple, Google to hand over information on Project Veritas journalists. Yes, you think that your information is protected? Oh, not so fast. Yep, even the Project Veritas guys, boy, they're uh, running. Uh, we're trying our very best to sort of uh, come into our own uh, with regards to out. 
I think, to this ridiculousness uh, here of the state sort of turning the screws on everybody. And uh, that also includes the people who are trying to hold the Democrats' feet to the fire. I uh, went to the pool today and I was listening to a number of people who were just, boy, these liberals are out here vacationing. I see you at the airports. I see you at the pools. And they're planning and concocting everything they possibly can. These folks do not work very hard, ladies and gentlemen. And um, boy, I was, uh, a lot of people like to say that they're the fly on the wall. I was the fly on the wall today listening to these guys. And I was even so fortunate as to get these guys to, you know, befriend me. I've made friends with every single person, as you could probably imagine, Dowd, when you're out. I knew everybody's name at the pool. I knew every single person who was there. And I was introducing and making friends. That's just uh, kind of what I do. But I kind of want to start here. And uh, this is alarming. I asked um, a certain lady here um, and her husband. They are a family of three. And uh, she sent me a text. And the text was, was this. Why everyone should oppose surrogacy. This is from Blaze Media. Now, we, of course, carry Glenn Beck. We love Glenn Beck. So do you consider yourself pro-life, pro-woman, pro-child, progressive, pro-liberty? Surrogacy has something to offend your sensibilities. The Supreme Court had to endorse gay marriage. Nationwide gay marriage was bound to happen, and the objections to it won't stop from happening. Now, from what she communicated to me, and I don't know how much of this is true, Dowd, but... We are in a cultural war. We're at a particular place where, you know, we have started to enable and endorse. And I think the Republican Party has a high, there's a number of homosexual candidates, I think, within the Republican Party. I just want to say, I don't think at any point you can consider yourself homosexual and conservative. And if you think I'm wrong, shut off the radio now. You're no longer part of my listening uh, audience. I want you to go and go listen to another radio station. Okay. Because I think that this is the crux at the core of, I think, of anti-family. Now, can you imagine for a second saying your, what is it, uh, faith, family, uh, freedom. Freedom. Yeah, Uh, faith, family, and freedom. And then consider yourself someone who's endorsing gay marriage, someone who is endorsing uh, homosexual relationships. And I want to kind of go out on a limb here and say it's not just the homosexuality, but it's the people who are enabling and endorsing. Just like, oh, yeah, I'm all for you deciding to go ahead and smoke pot. And, yeah, live and let live, okay? And I know Dowd and I are on the opposite sides of this whole entire thing. But let me tell you, freedom that very important word has its consequences here okay and we're seeing what DeSantis is doing and he's really kind of you know pushing back and and turning against I think what we're seeing is this enabling within the Republican Party of I think homosexual anti-family relationships and let me just kind of I'm going to go through the notes here she says hey Eddie what do you think of PragerU and the Blaze endorsing gay surrogacy Seems like they've done a complete and total 180. Endowed, here he is on this day where he wishes his his, uh, nephew a happy uh, 18th birthday. He says Glenn Beck even stated that he didn't know if it was right or wrong in his interview with Ruben. This is where we fall when we are unwilling to take a stand and exactly what our values are in this country. 
What we've been able to do for so long is been able to sort of rally around whatever values and core sense of values that we have. You cannot call yourself a conservative, in my opinion, after reading these pieces and also consider yourself someone who's enabling homosexuality. I would go even a step further because we had a conversation about certain churches here. If your church, Catholic included, and especially Catholic, and we know that there is a gay priest who's running the Immaculate Conception, Immaculate, of all places, the Immaculate Conception. Of course, that's exactly where they'd stick a gay priest, at the Immaculate Conception. Folks, you've got to start pushing back. And I, I invite you to sort of start stirring up the courage in yourself to battle back against these families who are dead set against you. And they're in your homes. They're in your churches. They're doing everything that they possibly can. And by the way, if you're a conservative journalist out there and you're pushing forth for gay marriage, you are not a conservative publication. And you know who you are. I'm talking directly to you, sir. Hopefully, Charlie Kirk has an explanation. Charlie Kirk has been at Legacy Church how many times? And he's now endorsing gay surrogacy? I think we need to talk about this. At what point do we say, uh, no way, Jose? Here it is, Blaze TV. This from Mark Dice, and I happen to consider myself a very big fan of Mark Dice. He's, he's hilarious, by the way. He goes out on the beaches. He interviews a lot of stupid people, and uh, <laughs> they expose themselves where he is. He says, uh, here it is. This is coming from Prager University. Dave Rubin, 45 years old from the Rue Report on YouTube, and his partner, David Jeanette, went through a surrogacy site to purchase eggs from a single donor so that they could each have a child with the same biological mother. Dave Rubin said the experience of picking an egg donor was like, quote-unquote, swiping through people on Tinder. Based on their choice of things, looks, education, geographic location, and rates, prices, they now have two different women carrying their implanted eggs, and the children are due in August and October of this year year looked at the source checked it out prager you dennis prager have had a conversation he has family up in santa fe and some friends up in santa fe i said no way jose to dennis prager i said you ain't coming on this radio station i love your prager you but this is exactly why because there's a fly in the ointment prager you and the blaze went on to congratulate dave rubin in the comment section dave rubin then went on glenn beck's show this morning and said the following my takeaway was that was rules for thee, but not for me. Basically, Ruben said that the left was making it hard for good gay conservatives like himself to do the things that are over the line without judgment, but said he was going to live his life regardless. On first pass, when you start hearing this, you might think that I'm, hey, I'm just judgmental. I'm a terrible person. I don't really like this. Oh, Eddie, this is the 21st century. <laughs> well, I seem to think that we're running around with 2,000-year-old uh, uh, scriptures. And many of you conservatives are throwing the Bible at one another. And you guys say, okay, well, I live by this. Or we need to garner support. And we see certain enablers in these churches, Catholic churches, the Christian churches. Here's what Glenn Beck said. Glenn then said, maybe biblical interpretations of man and woman stop at marriage and relationships. Let me repeat that. Glenn Beck said that maybe biblical interpretations of man and woman stop at marriage and relationships. 
implying that children are somehow outside of God's view. That man is obviously not a man of God at all. Then made God made you claim and continued his blasphemy when he said that he believed that he and Glenn Beck had an alcohol gene, implying the gay gene to be somehow similar and acceptable. He then ended it by saying that we all need to have a conversation about what we, man, will decide is moral moving forward. Is it really for us to decide? Or are we relying on the Bible? Now, Dowd, I know where you're at on a lot of this in terms of open ter- interpretation, and I'm fine with that. But here's the problem. Dowd doesn't decide, divide, or I should say, uh, define himself as a conservative. He is a libertarian. He is different than I am in all of this. This is a this is sort of where the rubber meets the road. Dowd and I sort of divide on this kind of thing. You know, when it comes to my kids, I feel very differently about them. She went on to say, it's sad to watch. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And Mark Dice, a popular conservative on YouTube, went off on all of them this morning in an unbelievable, politically incorrect rant. He reached out to several for comment, and they either blocked Mark Dice or deflected. It's 10 minutes long, but complete and informational. I'd love to play it. I don't know that I can play it because I've been having difficulty technologically. So here we are. PragerU and The Blaze have written articles against gay marriage and against surrogacy. All the conservatives connected to these two companies have. And it's a huge switch for all, she states. She says, this is a ratio of women, purchasing of genetics, you're commoditizing women going forward, renting wombs. And when she said that, when she wrote that, I was like, my gosh, unbelievable. Motherless babies, designer children, hope it's enough. On a personal note, it was really disappointing as Matt Walsh has impacted my family in a huge way, and I personally spoke to him about it. I pray he goes against the Blaze's statements. Looking forward to your show, and I promised her that I would start out here. Now, this is something I think every single person thinks about going forward, because we have an election in 2024, but we have election here this year, in the 2022, with the midterms. But this isn't really necessarily on the ballot. However, this is a cultural shift, something that we should continue and start to talk about. And I say continue because there are a few people who are talking about this, and there are other people who just haven't uh, talked about this. And there's people who are purporting to be themselves Christian, Catholic, what have you. Dow does not pretend to be any of that. Dowd's a libertarian. Dowd's different than, than what, what I'm talking about here. Does that make us different in, in terms of our overall viewpoint of, of the world? I don't need to attack Dowd. Dowd doesn't need to attack me. But I define myself as conservatives. And for these people out there who are pushing, quote-unquote, conservative candidates, there's a rift. And the rift is, how do you come about creating a family without a mother or commoditizing a mother? She states, my husband's name is X, we are married, we have three kids. You asked earlier, I thought you would add that. Enjoy your vacation. I wish I were on vacation because this is the type of thing that just says, okay, I need to stop what I'm doing. I need to pay attention to what's happening here. And I hope that many of you guys start to pay attention to what is being taught in each of your churches. I don't attend your churches. And this is the very reason why I don't attend your churches. I try to explain to people. It's like, oh, hey, Pastor X, Pastor Y, Pastor Z, come to our church. I'm like, well, you have guys that are endorsing gay marriages? As a pastor, are you aware of the hypocrisy and the oxymoronic um, issues that you're sort of uh, pushing forth within your uh, quote-unquote kept communities just so you can go ahead and get more followers and get more people? 
Isn't that a little bit strange to be running around as a homosexual inside your churches, yet in the Bible it talks about how the natural sort of approved God ways of having relationships should be going forth? You know, we talked to Natalie and we talked to Jaybird. <clears throat> this is a family of now coming on seven. I dreamt about them last night. I'm like, why am I dreaming about Natalie and Jaybird? I'm like... This must have just come. This is the thing that I needed to pay attention to uh, today on this uh, broadcast. This is not something that I would generally speak about or uh, generally kind of like confront. But the way that this woman uh, talked about this emotionally, and she was distraught and upset. And many of you conservatives, you're looking for new places to turn to. And when you can't turn to your churches and you can't turn to your conservative hosts that are out there, and it's the neocons too on the war front, you know who you are. You know who you are. If you're supporting Ukraine, if you're supporting a war, if you're st you think that you know Russia doesn't have a beef with Ukraine, you're a neocon. You just want to go ahead and create war so that we can create more conflict in this world. This is not a viewpoint that's shared by very many people, but once again, I'll step out onto the plank and I'll st take the stand alone on this. I'd love to hear your thoughts and your comments on this. 550-5500, that's 550-5500 here in the Kiva. I'm going to go ahead and try and forward the phones insofar that I can doubt. I don't know what's going on with the uh, iPhone world these days, but uh, it certainly uh, isn't good. we got a lot more to get to. Uh, well, including the if, if, if I ahead, may sir. for a second, I, yes, uh, I really didn't, you know, I don't pay a lot of attention to conservative media. Uh, it seems to me that a lot of them now are very young people like Charlie Kirk, Kirk and Candace Owens, who kind of got their jobs because they look good or they can read a teleprompter. I don't consider them, you know, scholars or researchers. I've, I've been doing what I've done for 30 years. No one's ever offered me a juicy contract. And, and I just, I, I, I mean, God love them, let them do whatever they want to do. But, you know, the, the whole Dave Rubin world and all that kind of stuff, I don't I don't know. Really, I don't follow them. So I'm, I'm just trying to play catch up as you're as you're describing what's going on. There's a really one of the first things that popped up in what I've researched here is National Review, which really called out conservatives in the in the in the conservative media world for kind of knuckling under on this. Uh, Dave Rubin tweeted out that he and his partner were getting uh, IVF babies later this year, a whole bunch of conservative outlets, including PragerU, have praised him. Uh, some conservatives are remaining quiet. Uh, and as you said, Mark Dice, uh, who had gone after uh, Pete Buttigieg for the, the, the same-sex marriage and adoption there, uh, it's very interesting. Walsh said there, uh, Matt Walsh said, there are indeed many conservatives who've surrendered these fights, such as gay marriage and gay adoption, but I'm not one of them, and I never will be uh this is quite a quite a conflict I, I knew nothing about eddie you and i might not be as far apart as 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 you think i mean i i'm a policy libertarian but culturally i'm very very conservative i don't drink i don't smoke i work 85 hours a week i people might notice in the daily blast to our subscribers when i go check out the list of what today's days are you know national soda pop day or you know whatever i, th I throw those in the uh, increasingly, Eddie, I would say, you know, 15, 20 times a year, there's something about National Gay Adoption Day, National Lesbian Day, National Same-Sex Marriage Day. I will not put any of those things into the Daily Blast um, because I don't, I'm not on board with this movement. I mean, I don't think that there should be laws regulating it, but personally, I am not on board at all. Uh, I started this, it first dawned on me years ago, long before wokeness was a thing, Oreo started doing tr uh, four and five different color streaming rainbow uh, colors 
in the in the in their Oreos at the at the grocery store. And I looked at that, Eddie, I don't know, five, six, eight, ten years ago. And I just said, I'm never going to buy an Oreo again. Uh, it has nothing to do with hating gay people and wanting to hurt gay people. But I don't think that particular lifestyle, I don't think that particular political agenda and ideology is all that great for civilization. Um, and while I don't think those people should be persecuted, I'm not going to participate in fostering it and promoting it. So you and I may not be as far apart as you think. I mean, I'm not a, I may not be a believing Christian, but that doesn't mean that I'm all on board for the gay agenda. Heck no. Uh, I think it's so much of it is tied up into identity politics. So much of it is tied up into a lot of the anti-natalism. Um, it, it's interesting because the gay people who brag about having kids are offset by a lot of the gay people who think you know children are awful and the environmentalists who think children are awful. Uh, I don't, I, I think that those kind of, that kind of thinking destroys civilization. So uh, I am not on board. And I do, sh I think you're right, Eddie. I don't think you can call yourself a full-throated, full-blooded conservative, certainly on the social side, and embrace that agenda. Uh, every libertarian I've met in New Mexico, particularly the Libertarian Party libertarians, either work for or have worked for the federal government a large part of their lives. I have a real problem with that. So I think it's just the issue of hypocrisy and whether you're actually hewing to the views that you purportedly espouse. Uh, and I think it's right to call these people out, Eddie. And as I said, I don't think you and I are all that far apart on this. Well, I appreciate that, Dowd. But um, obviously, I'm not, never looking for you to agree with me. I'm always looking for you to challenge me and expose me and, you know, to call out these very things. But, you know, I'd love to have a debate with somebody like Tim Keller, somebody who endorses gay marriage, or somebody like Michelle Lujan Grisham, someone who graduated from St. Michael's uh, School, who calls herself a Catholic. Uh, you know, I'd love to have these debates and then talk about their families and how they arrived at the place where they want. And you have Michelle Lujan Grisham presiding over a gay marriage for a guy that I bet she wishes that she never and the only marriage that she ever that she never wished that she actually did you know these are turncoats in every way shape and form and you described it as quote-unquote lifestyle doubt and i really appreciate you stating so because it is a choice it is a choice it's something that they're doing it has to do with the level of abuse i myself was abused at the age of six years old um, not by family members uh, but by people who were i was placed in the care of for a very short time and uh, this is something that abuse begets abuse and it needs to stop and i think we're seeing now it's being institutionalized the reason why we don't think of laws for this doubt and i think you would agree with me on this is because you cannot police uh, i think this level of uh, social uh, interaction this is not something where you can go into people's bedrooms or go into people's homes but it is something that needs to be discussed and talked about and it's disgusting it's disgusting that people would consider or call themselves conservatives and yet at the very same time purport to actually start talking about commoditizing women women i hate to say it as much as men are like the cradle of civilization in so many ways it's really women who make the world go around and uh, ultimately without mothers kids can do without fathers but they cannot do without a mother and when you have two gay men who are conservatives who are bringing a child as matt our listener says the reuben story is disgusting those kids don't have a chance boy if the kids don't have a mother they never have a chance a mother is everything 550 5500 that's 550 5500 i'm going to try my best to forward the phones here this afternoon afternoon. I want to talk more about DeSantis. Uh, I am, with every passing day down, I have to tell you, I'm getting more and more on the DeSantis train. The more I, I read about this man, the more I read about a decent human being, 
who has run his state and done it the right way. It is now growing to 27 seats and the whole entire election is coming to Florida. I think the better, the more we talk about DeSantis, the more it's going to help us uh, during these midterm elections. And I wish more and more people would jump on that train. 550-5500. That's 550-5500. Back here in four. Sorry for the long opening. Right here in the Kiva. AM 1600 KIVA, We'll do that DeSantis story. We'll also talk about inflation when we return. The surface won't tell you what the deep water knows. Darling, I'm saying, I know something's wrong. Some beautiful country music today by some of those uh, country female artists. Way to go, Dowd. Getting those in. Five of them, as uh, he signals there at rockoftalk.tv. 1980 was when the females jaunted up the chart. They held the top five position on Billboard's country chart uh, by female artists. All right. So it's like we never said goodbye by the wonderful and beautiful Crystal Gale. A Lesson in Leaving by Dottie West. Uh, I don't, you know what? That's a weird thing. I actually doubt. I don't know who Dottie West is, and I couldn't even place her if I saw her face. Uh, Dottie West, uh, are you on the road to loving me again, Debbie Boone? And then we got Beneath Still Waters with the uh, wonderful Emmy Lou Harris, and then the Two Story House by Tammy Wynette with uh, George Jones. So back on this day in 1980, country music has a history. 40, what is it, 42 years ago? Is that what 1980 is? We're in our 40s. I'm t- looking at the 1980s. 550-50-500 if you want to text in. I'm having a hell of a time forwarding my phone, folks. Literally, my phone, it's just, it's dead. Yeah, it's just not working whatsoever. So I guess that's what happens when uh, a little bit of water gets in there. But it, uh, the iPhone is telling me that it will dry out. I'm here in Florida uh, where we have the wonderful governor and your next president of the United States, Mr. Ron DeSantis. Uh, what is he, 43 years young? Uh, just a couple of days ago, he signed a House Bill 5 that uh, reduces the Fetal and Infant Mortality Act into law on April the 14th, banning most abortions after 15 weeks. Now, this is a law that you'd never see in a million years in the state of New Mexico. No way. You would think at the oldest uh, place where started by the Catholic Church, this would be the place that they had stepped. Nope. No, we are the third trimester abortion capital of the world. Hard to believe that that has happened. Exceptions to the law, which goes into effect on July 1st, would include procedures to save a mother's life or if the fetus has a fatal abnormality. We're here to defend those who cannot defend themselves, DeSantis says, at the signing of the Nacion. Listen to this. Nacion de Santa Fe Church in Kissimmee, surrounded by Republican lawmakers and other pro-life supporters. We're here today to protect life. 
I don't even know if Trump can get to this level of conservatism. Let's not forget, I mean, the guy is just out there with his family making this stuff happen, signing this stuff into law. Uh, I'm telling you, Florida is a different place. Uh, what do we know about Florida? What do we know about Florida? We know that there is a huge Latino population run by an Italian guy, the governor. We don't see very much difference between Italians and Latinos. It's all about family. And this is this is huge, folks. HB5 giving the state one of the most restrictive abortion measures in the nation as the Supreme Court is set to rule on a similar measure this summer that was approved in Mississippi, banning nearly all pregnancies after 15 weeks. People opposing the legislation that restricts abortions. The high court will overturn Roe v. Wade. They gave women the constitutional right to abortion in 73. It comes on the heels of a decision made by a Tallahassee judge on April 12th that upheld the abortion 24-hour waiting period for women seeking an abortion. Seven years ago, Rick Scott, also Republican and now U.S. Senator, signed the waiting period legislation. Afterwards, the lawsuit was filed on behalf of the Gainesville Women's Clinic. Last week, Circuit Judge Angela Dempsey tossed out the lawsuit saying medical procedures have similar waiting periods as well as other decisions such as getting married, getting a divorce, and even buying a gun have a longer waiting period. I think this is monumental. I think it sets the tone for things going forward. And I, again, you can start to see what Ron DeSantis is up to, what he's setting up. Like, this is a presidential run, folks. And this is a cultural shift. You're hearing this probably about a year, year and a half before you're supposed to hear it in mainstream media. We're telling you about this today because Ron DeSantis is literally setting the trend going forward. Make no mistake about it, that man will be running for president of the United States and you can see the telltale signs when you see legislation just like this doubt. Orange man, and I, and I mentioned it yesterday on the show how he was claiming the, not long ago that he made the personal decision to send, uh, the, to, to pick Alabama as the headquarters for U.S. Space Command when he he apparently didn't know or didn't care that there was this years-long process and it was being investigated by the congressional watchdogs. I mean, Donald Trump stands for what he stands for, but he's very reckless in his word and deed. It's easy to demonize someone who's reckless like that. Ron DeSantis, a governor, military background, law degree, very well-spoken, very knowledgeable, very judicious in his use of, of, of terms and speech. And uh, you fuse someone who's like that, who's smart and capable with a principled approach to good policy. I'd be terrified if I were on the left because it's going to be really, really hard to demonize this guy in 2024. Yeah, I think that is kind of the whole entire thing. I mean, this is just logical stuff. And I think when you start thinking about family and freedom and all these uh, wonderful things, I mean, this is the stuff that sort of just comes through and it shines through Dowd. And I think it's going to be hard to kind of uh, to go against him, not to mention the amazing um, economy that is here in Florida. I mean, people are just out and about. And guess what I see most uh, at the uh, pools and the, the places where I'm going to? Families. Yes. You <laughs> Surprisingly enough, you see families. You think this is like a singles place? Uh, not not by any way, shape, or form. The number of babies in the pool, the places that are people coming, people with money, people are established, people that hold 
corporate positions, important institutional positions, where are they all at? They're all coming to places just like this because they know that they want freedom. Women and pregnant people, here's the quote, people do not need our healthcare choices, second guessed by politicians in Tallahassee who know nothing of our lives and stories, a certain Southwest and Central Florida uh, politician wrote. The repercussions of the mandatory delay will be even worse now that the Florida legislature has taken the extreme step of passing a ban on abortions after 50 weeks. This is the line that they're drawing in the sand, trying to demonize a position that we're simply just trying to enable families. You know, we know where the abortions mostly take place. We know that it happens on inner cities. We know that there's a racial profiling that goes on with a lot of this stuff, and it just needs to stop. You know, we need to enable more and more families to be able to come together and be able to live. But when you think of abortion as an option, you're making people second guess what they're doing with a 24-hour waiting period. I think that's a good thing. How many people have gone through an abortion or known of someone who's gone through abortion where they said, you know what, I wish I didn't have that abortion and I wish I would have had another alternative way to go. This is one of those places in New Mexico where people go to get those late-term abortions and I cannot even understand. In fact, I'm getting more and more texts right now. Uh, Eddie, I want DeSantis. Tell Trump to take a seat. I think we need to continue to push for this. And for those of you who are so shrill and you know, you're thinking, oh, Eddie, you've got it wrong. Trust me on this one. I've got it absolutely right. Trump's the greatest president in the history of our country, but however, uh, he is not about to be reelected uh, as uh, as a guy that's going to have to end up going up against Michelle Obama and uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, whichever one, two, they decide to go ahead and run. We'll take a quick break. Back here in the Kiva, and we return, we got to talk about the economy and some money and inflation. Yesterday was tax day. You guys were all writing checks uh, to the IRS, and they've collected $2 trillion in six months. There's a reason it's time to start paying the government back for all the uh, money that they've turned around and paid us. And if you received a government check, folks, don't cry when you have to go ahead and give the money back to them. And if you didn't take any money and you're still paying, like Dowd and I are, well, there you are. <laughs> That's just the way that it goes, folks. Um, we live in the greatest country in the world, but uh, I will tell you that uh, where it's time to pay the piper here for the next few years, $12 trillion printed out from over more than $30 trillion in debt. Literally, more than $20 trillion added just in the last 11 years alone, folks. Uh, this is not something that we can keep up with, and we need prosperity here in this country. We're not going to be doing it by printing money. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva City, 443 on AM600, rockoftalk.com. We'll talk about that inflation and how your money is uh, dissipating like quicksand right between your fingers during this time. Loving me again. I don't need any promises and such, only you and the way we used to touch. Do I really see or could my heart be blind? Is it really me you're coming back to find? Are you on the road to loving me again? Did the trail of yellow brick come to an end? Did you I don't need any promises and such only you and the way we used to touch do i really see or could 
Alright, back here in the Kiva here at uh, 449 p.m. And it's a little bit weird, I gotta tell you, to look at a gas station sign that says more than five dollars. Here in Florida, it's more than five dollars, at least at the places that I've seen. And it uh, really does sort of change. I was reading an article earlier this morning about how it's not enough to get people to go ahead and slow down or change their driving behaviors. I'm not sure if you've seen this, Dowd, but but I guess a lot of people aren't changing their driving behaviors. Just so they're continuing to drive fast. Or can you like it, it, you know? People are going to do what they're going to do. They're not thinking about the price of gas just yet. What is our pain threshold? What is it going to be now? The reason why I bring up gas and why it's so incredibly important is because it's tied to everything else. It's the one staple that goes to all the other things. So gas impacts the price of, I don't know, corn or vegetables or name the good. Recession is imminent at this point. We know that. Okay. Inflation has now risen to eight and a half percent. Okay. We are going through a slowdown. When is that slowdown about to start? Well, I'm about to tell you, folks. <clears throat> it's already started. We're just playing catch-up. About two to three months, people say, oh, well, there's no recession. Well, it depends upon the part of the country that you're actually in. And the places that are going to feel the pain first aren't going to be places like New Mexico. And I'm going to tell you why you're not going to feel it in New Mexico, okay? You'll feel it other places before you feel it in the, in the state of New Mexico. New Mexico happens about a year and a half to two years. Now, go back and think about what happened in 2008, 2009 with the bailouts. When did the recession actually start for New Mexico? It didn't start until 2011, until late 2011. That was in the first year of Susana Martinez's administration. Susana Martinez was really up against it, and she still managed to eke out two and a half billion dollars left over for Michelle Lujan Grisham, which she should uh, write her an internal check. Um, but of course, Michelle Lujan Grisham doesn't really think about the money that, that comes her way because we got $27.5 billion, folks. $27.5 billion, okay? So the pain that you think that you might be feeling, and one of the reasons why Michelle Lujan Grisham has a great chance of getting reelected for another four years, is because she is not going to go through the pain and the problems that are going to be plaguing a lot of red states and a lot of other states here in 2022. That pain will not come to New Mexico until roughly about the middle of 2023. Now, I want to be on record, Dowd, so please, please, please put me on the record here. Hold me accountable once again, as uh, Dowd oftentimes does. And he's like, well, uh, we'll see where Eddie's sticking his neck out once again. Your recession for New Mexico will occur in the first to second quarter of 2023. Now, she's going to have a lot of different distractions for you. Um, probably another shutdown, probably another mask mandate, probably another vax mandate, probably, uh, who knows? It's going to be something, okay? There'll be a distraction. But Michelle Lujan Grisham is not going to have a shutdown in 2022. What she is going to alleviate is she's going to alleviate that pain and figure out other ways to sort of cover up as she gets through this election. That's something that the Republicans really haven't accounted for. And if the Republicans are listening to me, which I know they are, they should understand that it's going to be a very difficult 2022 to make it happen. A Republican will probably have five times greater chance of getting elected governor in 2026, which is what I've told you about Mark Ronchetti. Mark Ronchetti is the shoe in for 2026. Why he's running in 2026. 
2022 is to create enough name recognition. Not that he needs that. I, I don't think necessarily, although I do think that he needs it. I think a lot of people don't know who he is. I think this is becomes a one-two punch for Senate and then maybe another Senate run in 24 for Ron Ketty against uh, Ben Ray Lu- No, excuse me. Uh, that would be Martin Heinrich and then a 26 run, uh, if you will, for the uh, for the governorship. But we will not experience the actual recession like much of the rest of the country will places like Nevada. If you want to find the first state that's going to be most exposed to the recession, it's going to be Las Vegas, Nevada. It was the first place that uh, had it back in 2008. Doubt I was there for all of the uh, challenges that were there. And it doesn't, it's not going to improve uh, very much uh, in terms of, it's just the way that the economy is built. It's a place that has a huge amount of disposable income, has a huge influx of population from other places. I think 97, 98% of the people who live in Las Vegas, Nevada are from other places so i would really kind of use las vegas nevada as the barometer i would look at the casinos the casino stocks i would look at the new developments one of the things that happened while i was in las vegas nevada is everything froze construction lending banks they started tightening the belts and once you start tightening the belts and they're going to be a lot more uh i think uh, maybe intelligent i guess would be the word or conservative if you will with the money i think you're going to be looking at at, at uh, those types of things that are going to be happening in, in places like las vegas nevada things that have more exposure to the elasticity of people with disposable income in las vegas is certainly going to be one of the first places on that we're going to see the tightening of credit uh, as well but this is stuff that's just not going to happen to the state of New Mexico for a good year to a year and a half. I think at the earliest, it could be as late as 2024 before New Mexico actually experiences the recession in which I've already told you is imminent. U.S. inflation accelerated to an eight and a half percent annual rate in March. Some economists believe that regaining control of prices require far more aggressive rate increases. To that end, you're going to see aggressive rate increases to a half to three quarters of a percentage point here in the next 60 to 75 days and on top of that let me tell you about a little jump of something that's going to happen in new mexico that michelle lujan grisham is going to take credit for where has everybody moved where has everybody gone for the last i don't know year two years utah colorado arizona texas well, what's left? Well, New Mexico. <laughs> Where do you want to move? Where prices haven't gone through the roof? Where do you have a little bit more additional money? Mark my words, Dowd, you have me on the record. This is the way that it will go. And you're going to start to see an influx of people that are going to come to soak up what's left in New Mexico in terms of housing, in terms of businesses. And remember, we're still going to be in that Zoom economy where people are kind of going uh, through um, being able to work, uh, quote unquote, offsite. Bank of America has a pessimistic outlook, uh, and Bank of America is one of the biggest banks in the country, obviously. Chief investment strategist Hartnett stated that a recent note that the Fed related's response to the out of control inflation would lead to a recession directly. Monetary policy. I'm an economist. I understand this stuff. In one sentence, he summed up the bank's position. Inflation shock is going to happen to this country. Worsening rate shock just beginning. Recession shock coming. High inflation, according to many, is a product of Washington's policy decisions under President Joe Biden, which include excessive government stimulus spending and the Fed's money printing, which also includes one Donald J. Trump. So we'll sort of leave it there. Dowd, your response. Uh, yeah, Eddie, that is a, I, th- I think you got, you're close to it. Uh, one of the 
you can call this an advantage or a disadvantage just talking about your prediction of, of 2023 first or second quarter. New Mexico is so highly dependent on government jobs that government jobs tend to be the last jobs that are cut. So New Mexico experiences recessions. There's sort of a bit of a, of a delay. Uh, I'm working on a piece. I think, you're, I think your prediction, I think, is, is going to be spot on. I'm working on a piece for tomorrow for rockoftalk.chat. We are now, if you want to talk about entering a recession early in the next year, uh, the federal government released the data on Friday, and I was relaxing over a holiday weekend with my golden retrievers, and I hadn't checked it until today. We are now, New Mexico, five months in a row, solely in possession of the highest unemployment rate in the country. So it's bad now. And if Eddie is right and the recession hits us a couple quarters from now, early 2023, uh, how much do you think, you know, we'll be, will, will we have an unemployment rate fully five percentage points above the national average, 10% percentage points above the national average? Uh, we're in for hard times. And uh, we, have, we have soft men and soft women in New Mexico. And those soft people are going to create tough, tough times. You think it's tough now. I think the roller coaster is going to only get worse. I want you to go ahead and uh, state that poem on the way out, if you don't mind. And happy birthday to your uh, wonderful nephew. I do want to say one thing. Uh, Dowd, uh, on that, when you say that we are worse than unemployment, there's no place to go but up as everybody else goes down. So how is that going to work for Michelle Lujan Grisham and her election prospects? Well, she's the golden child. It's going to work very well. The news media is going to be uh, cheering her on. She'll have a great 2022. But I will tell you that 2023, in the middle of that, after she's elected, and she won't care because she'll be up in the governor's mansion with a pretty good chance, we'll be talking about the same situation. Back after a top-of-the-hour news. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Dowd, the poem is? Uh, The poem is... Is if by Rudyard Kipling, and uh, I, we don't have time to read the whole thing, but I will post a link in the show notes tonight. And the last line is: If you can keep your head about you, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. All right, then he is turning into a man today. Happy birthday to the young one. We appreciate everybody tuning in here in this first hour of the Kiva, broadcasting from the Plymouth Hotel in South Florida Beach. I'm Eddie Aragon. This is Dowd Muska. Back after a quick break on the M600 KI, the ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Come knock you down. It's like you love them and leave them just like you love me and left me. It's like you to do that sort of thing. Over and over again, you're a fool-hearted man. I hear you've been asking about me from some of my friends. Well, you better believe I'm not going through that again. Well, you're the kind of man a woman thinks she can change. The only thing changing is my way of thinking And I'm thinking that maybe someday This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque I'm Tim Berg 100 Albuquerque's macro-aggression, Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk. 
5.05 in the 5.05. I am Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 com, And glad to be here with you. Hour 2 just for you on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. Don't forget, uh, you can watch us uh, directly live at rockoftalk.tv itself as well as get the app at rockoftalk.com. Podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And if I can get my computer working, I'll get I'll be able to get caught up on a number of things, including Natalie stuff and Dowd stuff stuff and i just got to turn that over to them in terms of the uh division of labor if you will quote unquote division of labor i got to pass that off uh, to them because they're always on top of their stuff i however am not i've been waiting to hear manic monday i don't know what it is about Susanna hoffs but uh i would love to hear manic monday uh and you know what's a tuesday here um but uh, back in 1986 prince started a two-week run at uh number one on the seagulls chart with kiss and uh eric if you don't mind queuing that up i'm not sure if you can hear me because my phone is totally not working they also had the number two song at the very same time i remember this last year i'm like manic monday and kiss at the very same time that's when music was music i gotta say so speaking of the recession uh that is uh, imminent at this point and that you must prepare for it I want to get back to the social media discussions, uh, if we can, Dowd, because I'm not on social media, not on Twitter, not on uh, Facebook, and every single time I have conversations, like, hey, where can I found, find you? But I'm seeing less and less. As long as I just say at Rock of Talk or rockoftalk.com, everybody pretty much, well, I can't find you, and they start doing searches for Eddie Aragon or you have a radio show. I'm like, um, hey, we're all vertically integrated TV, radio, stations, and it's all right there. Rockoftalk.com. It's as easy as that. And here we are with Elon Musk. Dowd, I have been waiting to talk to you about this because some developments have come forth, which is really exciting. So from, from over the weekend, you might remember, the uh, what did they put this in? $54.20 a share. Twitter isn't even worth that. And I sat there and I listened to the um, comments of Elon Musk. that we're going into a recession. Twitter will never get this kind of offer for the rest of their lives, no matter how long they exist. It just would never happen because it just isn't there. Musk's offer, uh, I can, you can hear that music behind me. That's a Tesla, by the way, uh, that's in the background with that, that music. You, that's, that's the way they, they be rolling these days, uh, D-Doubt Musk. Uh, they roll in the Tesla. They're not, say, the, you, the woke, the woke ain't broke when it's rolling in the Tesla. As Elon Musk, as the rap music plays, was that not a Tesla? Was that a Tesla, ladies? Ladies, ladies, my, my ladies from Texas, right? Was that a Tesla that was just rolling by? Isn't that crazy? Playing the rap music in the Tesla? Like, what is that? What ha- where are the, uh, Where's the 560 SEC and all that, right? They're literally rolling Teslas now with rap music, Dowd. Uh, okay. With rap music. Okay. Just, just so you know what, what happened. Well, I know well, these ladies over here, I made friends with them. It's my, my friends from Texas. Look, you got to see them. You guys want to say hi, ladies? Look at these. Lady, hey, you guys want to be live on TV here? There it is. Look at that. There you go. They're heading there back to Texas. Yeah. My friends, I got a great photo. You got to, I got to show a photo. These are my, my friends from Texas. They're Love from, uh, Love you guys te- are in Dallas, right? Dallas. They're down here to vacay, as they uh, call it. But that's what's crazy, Dowd, is Tesla is 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 the new bling. 
right? <laughs> Eco-friendly electricity. If you can like, if you want to show that you have money, you don't show up by running around in Rolex or sporting a Mercedes Benz or anything. It's a Tesla. And Elon Musk has decided to give this company at least 20% more than what it's actually worth. And uh, I was floored when I read this. I was literally floored. I, I, I know, I, you know how I feel about Elon Musk. Love the guy. I'm not that excited about his, you know, politics and other things. Here it is. <clears throat> Twitter's owned by shareholders. And the directors have to act in a way that's in their best interest, not in the way that allows them to keep control of the corporation in the way of restricting free speech. If they turn down a very favorable price, there will be a dereliction of their legal duty. Elon Musk is prepared to take these guys to court if they do not sell to him. Legal duty, and there could be lots of legal consequences. What happens when you own 10% of the company, you're not able, and you're a shareholder in that company? Yeah, you've got to act in the best interest of your shareholders. In a letter to Twitter chairman, Brett Taylor must said the social media firm needs to be transformed as my private company. A 10% enough of a stake. And here's what you know, the CEO of, of Twitter actually has to think of Jack, what's his name? Jack, uh, Dorsey. Okay. I always want to say Jack black every single time I say Jack. Right. And what's so incredible about all this is Elon Musk states emphatically, you know, there's F you money. Well, that's what Musk has. Musk is saying, I want to preserve my other corporations by virtue of the fact that I want to keep freedom of speech going. How do I do that? I get a company like Twitter and I state, this is what it's not worth, but I'm willing to pay more than what it's worth so that I can keep my free speech and so that other people like Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, other because we got to believe this is you want to talk about what's going to lead us to the 250 years of our country. It's this move, folks. This is Patriot's Day. Is anybody aware of uh, about what Patriot's Day is? Yes. Do you guys know what Patriot's Day is? Let, let me let me read this to you because my good friend, um, let's see, Gore, I think it was uh, who sent this to me. April nineteenth, seventeen seventy five. The shot heard round the world just after the ride of Paul Revere, the day the Revolutionary War started. And if you were from New England, it was a big deal. There's a long follow poem about the two, the, the rubric. On this day, back in 1775, and you're thinking about trying to get America to 250 years, without this move, this America doesn't reach 250 years. These ladies are, are getting all worked up. I don't know what's going on over here. There's, I got them all stirred up, Dowd. I'm not sure if, uh, how much you can hear about this, but they're all worked up. Okay, here we go. Must takeover bid came just over a week after announcing his 10% stake in the company. Twitter shareholders have a lot to think about. You're staring down the barrel of a bear market recession and sometimes comes along the gifts you 50% gain on your shares. Hopefully you guys can hear me okay. And then he's driven our share price higher by double digits. They're, they're thinking that Twitter at most is worth somewhere between $34 to $36 a share. And he's offering $54 a share. Vanguard, Morgan Stanley, BlackRock, and Street, Slate Street are among the largest shareholders of Twitter. Here you go. And you know that what BlackRock's going to do, they're going to say, sell. We need money, and we need money now. 
Musk says his offer price represents a 40% premium over the day before his investment was announced. If the board rejects the offer, the stock price will fall. Twitter stock is trading at this, but we think the board likely believes that Twitter is more than a $54 share in value. So, Dowd, I know that you've been paying a lot of attention to stock prices with regard to Virgin Galactic and everything else. Could Twitter be so short-sighted as to decide to reject this offer in the midst of going into this bear market and then ultimately impale itself? And if, if, if Elon Musk decides at this point that he wants to recreate Twitter as something else, he could certainly do that instead of paying the $41 billion. Your thoughts on this? Uh, I've got to get your insight. Uh, well, it's just ironic, Eddie, because I've been uh, last night. I spent two hours watching the Elon Musk documentary. There's a new documentary about how SpaceX, one of his companies, got America back into the manned spaceflight business after the space shuttle was retired. Uh, I didn't really like the part of the documentary talking about how wonderful the space shuttle was because it was a billion dollar per launch death trap and it set back spaceflight in America by 40 years. So let's not praise the space shuttle, ladies and gentlemen. It's actually a national embarrassment. Moving on from that, Elon, by his Falcon 9 rocket and his Dragon crew capsule, got us back us, meaning the United States, back into the manned spaceflight business. And they had a, a, a video, Eddie, of Elon's employees at SpaceX when they had their first successful uh, landing of the core booster stage. Rockets for 70 years have been fired off from the Earth, never to be never to be seen again. You know, their stages burn up in the atmosphere or they fall down into the ocean and no one ever sees a rocket again. That stage came down and landed on the barge and was then, of course, subsequently reused. And they had all the people at SpaceX headquarters in Hawthorne, California, old, young, men, women, every color of the rainbow. So many of them were holding hands and locked in arms. And I'm sure some of them of a religious bent were praying. And I looked at Elon and I looked at all those employees behind him. And I just thought, one of our favorite movies, Eddie, uh, it, it, it might get a little, uh, a little off color here, but remember when Daniel Plainview called Eli... Eli, you're just the afterbirth. It slithered out of your mother, the worst part. And I thought, Ben Ray Lujan, Michelle Lujan Grisham, Martin Heinrich, Melanie Stansberry, I don't know, Mitch McConnell, professional Charles Schumer, professional politicians of all types, they're just human afterbirth. Elon Musk and the people who work for him 100 hours a week and you've, you've got to work 100 hours a week. That's just expected at SpaceX. I don't know if it's true at Tesla. These amazing human beings and what they did on that day when they brought that core booster down safely to reuse it for the first time. It had never been done in, in human history before. Uh, it just got my, my, my juices flowing last night thinking about Elon. And the fact that Elon has the resources to make this wildly overvalued. I agree 100%, Eddie. Twitter is not worth 5420. Uh, it's gotten a boost in the last few weeks because Elon's been talking about buying it. Uh, it's gotten, I think it, when he started talking about buying it, it was at 39. It peaked up at 51 and it's now at about 46. So it's still well above its its valuation when um, market valuation, uh, when Elon first started talking about this. Uh, those are the people in that video. And I think it's you got. You can find it online. I think it's called America Back in Space or something. It tracks the, the two or three year time span of America, NASA hiring Elon to get its astronauts up to the International Space Station. Because if you remember, folks, we were paying Russia $82 million a seat in order to, uh, you know, 
uh, in order to get back to the station that the American taxpayer primarily built uh, in orbit. Elon changed that equation in a big way. But as, as great as Elon is, it's the people, those thousands of people at that factory in Hawthorne, California, who were cheering that booster stage coming back in 2015 for the first time. Those are the people who helped make Elon so rich and get him the resources he needs to wage this war for free speech. And the only correction I'd have, Eddie, I think Eddie uh, Elon is doing something that Adam Carolla calls not F you money, F me money. When you're so rich that you can offer a higher valuation and really end up hurting your bottom line because you believe the cause is more important, the cause of free speech, the cause of taking Twitter private, opening up that algorithm, bringing people back in, all the people who've been banned. Basically, the, the rockettalk.chat, uh, we have a rockettalk underscore uh, chat um, on Twitter. We're basically shadow banned. Uh, they don't publish. I can put stuff up there, but nobody likes us uh, and nobody retweets us anymore because our, our tweets just vanish. We were doing pretty well in the early months, but we must have done something to tick off the algorithm. We don't get any notice anymore. And frankly, I'm thinking of closing down our account unless Elon takes over. Uh, so I, I have the utmost respect for those people who helped Elon do what he did. I hate to bring up something that People might accuse us of beating a dead horse, Eddie. Uh, Ron DeSantis, I did not plan this, but I saw this headline this morning. This is in the New York Post. Governor DeSantis, he's thinking of using his state authority to go after Twitter's board for their attempt to torpedo uh, Elon's attempt to uh, to take over the uh, social media giant. Uh, speaking at, an, uh, at a press conference that wasn't related to this issue today, uh, DeSantis said the firm, Twitter, fumbled its fiduciary duty these people on the board have a duty to look out for the shareholders, which includes a duty to look at all honest, legitimate offers, particularly at 5420, which is more than you know the real valuation. That effort could potentially injure Florida's pension funds because the pension fund of Florida holds Twitter stock. According to the governor, quote, they rejected it because they know they can't control Elon Musk. It was not, in my judgment, a good business deal. We're going to be looking at ways that the state of Florida, don't forget, that is the third largest state now. They, they replaced uh, New York a couple years ago, right behind California and Texas is Florida, Florida. We're going to be looking at ways that the state of Florida potentially can be holding the Twitter board of directors accountable for breach of their fiduciary duty. That is Ron DeSantis getting it right again. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think here's what we understand is that Ron, or excuse me, Governor DeSantis, uh, don't want to be disrespectful to the man, is operating at such a high level and he's connecting with the people who are setting the trends, people like Elon Musk going forward. And by the way, I'm standing here at a park across from the Plymouth Hotel to try to, you know, sort of defray the, uh, the raucous uh, behavior behind me. But let me say this. It is such a brilliant stroke, such a brilliant move to decide to hold because you are a shareholder of the state of Florida, but they got to be the state of New Mexico is. This is real left. And Ron isn't doing it because he's worried about, uh, Governor DeSantis isn't doing it because he's worried about, <laughs> uh, you know, losing the money in the pension fund. He's doing it for other reasons. He's doing it for free speech reasons. And again, this is yet another signal as to why Ron DeSantis is going to be running for president in 2024. I don't know how much I could possibly get you to think about politics, folks. about politics in a different way you guys used to say well 
Trump's playing chess while every 40 5D chess at uh, uh, Ron DeSantis is 10D chess compared to uh, 5D chess. I don't think he really truly understands Dowd. Trumpers who continue to say Trump, 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 Trump. Well, you are about four years a little bit too late to this party. We've got to continue to keep this country moving forward. DeSantis is the way to go on this. And it moves like this and are just incredibly indicative of exactly what is on the mind of a guy like, you know, Governor Ron DeSantis, what's uh, on the mind of maybe some uh, of Republican objects. And I think that this is a really good thing. And I think we make some, <coughs> excuse me, we should take some pride in it, Dowd. Uh, absolutely. And uh, I know we've got to go to a break, but a uh, quick update on our gubernatorial candidates, the budding Ron DeSantis's in New Mexico. Uh, zero word back from them on the 12 questions we asked yesterday. I have now contacted every Republican campaign twice, uh, asking them uh, who I can send the questions to, and we have heard zero back from them. They are not Well, Dowd, I got to tell you, I can't wait to uh, take them on i can't wait to, if they don't respond and i'm not urging anybody personally i'm not going to text them back we have uh, one response and i believave if i'm not mistaken that is from uh, j block if j block ends uh, up being the only response the, we, we had him he got back to me and said send me the questions and i did send him the questions we don't have answers yet so we have no answers from anybody yet Okay, good. Well, I mean, it's more uh, reasons to, if these gubernatorial candidates want to invalidate us, our platform, and what we do every single day, we'll invalidate you as gubernatorial candidates. Uh, that's not a threat. It's a promise. I will deliver on it uh, through and through. In order for you to carry the state, you got to carry Albuquerque. We are the conservative audience. We appreciate everybody tuning in right here in the Kiva. AM1600K, the abq.fm, rockoftalk.com. Dowd, when we return, what do you? I've got some things I want to address, but I have haven't uh, given you the floor as of yet. Uh, yeah, Eddie, I think I want to get into uh, our snowflakes, our little children. And I have a couple of little examples from right here in New Mexico that will resonate with a lot of people, I think. All right, we'll do that when we return. Back and forth. Thanks for listening.
529 here in the Kiva, Little Manic Monday, Susanna Hoff. She's married to a guy, believe it or not, from Albuquerque, Jay Roach. So Jay Roach, of course, of Austin Powers fame. And uh, we've got a lot of famous Burkenos. Jay Roach, one of those guys. Uh, maybe the he actually did maybe a little bit better than uh, dating the... 86 graduate of Del Norte High School, which Jeff Bezos is uh, dating. Uh, I believe that her brother lives and works in Las Lunas, and I don't know, there was some salacious stuff supposed to come down, and apparently Bezos probably paid him enough or something. I don't know. I'm just making that up. It's just funny, but hilarious uh, nonetheless. 550-5500. Dowd, we've got some, we got some snowflaking going on. What's going on? Fill us in. Uh, what's the latest on the... Um, you know, it's funny how we start out our show because I think it's always, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just trying to like, you know, sort of put some stuff out there. I, I, I doubt you had to have been shocked with my, my launch into today. I mean, it, it feels like it's anti-homosexual when it's not what it is. It's uh, anti-conservative. Uh, those guys who quote unquote call themselves conservatives and are advocating and enabling, I think, for that type of lifestyle. So, you know, um, this is not a snowflake friendly show. I think uh, we could easily say that. No, it is not. And we're going to bash uh, even even more. Uh, I, the only reason I, I, I highlight this, Eddie, is because we had a really fascinating comment on rockoftalk.chat from one of our subscribers this morning, because I asked in one of the day, questions of the day, uh, were therapy dogs made available to you on campus when you were in college? And uh, the person just posted about seven laughing emojis uh, in a row. And uh, I, I thought that was pretty good. There has been a uh, rash of outbreaks of therapy dog uh, invasions of college campuses in New Mexico within the last month or so. Uh, I noticed it first in March last year, uh, last month, uh, New Mexico State, uh, Tony the Therapy Dog came to campus. Uh, he's part of the organization Therapy Dogs International. And apparently, I don't know if you paid, you subsidized this, ladies and gentlemen, but it was an official activity of the, of, the, of the college, the program specialist at the Corbett Center Student Union said that uh, students uh, seem to love uh, uh, therapy dogs. 180 students stopped to pet the dog. And this is all because finals were just around the corner on March 7th and the stress levels were rising. And according to the press release, so simply having a moment of relief can automatically put students in a good mood. Uh, and Miriam Ramirez, an MSS, M NMSU student, explained that uh, the campus should hold future events with Tony or other therapy dogs because as a student, she felt, quote, we just need something, at least something small to cheer us up and like help us get through the day. Okay, that was last month. That was on campus down south. Well, coming up this month, this month of April. In fact, uh, nine days from now, if you want to go over to uh, the mothership, UNM, Cuddle a Canine is happening at UNM. That would be Thursday, April 28th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. in the Cactus Garden. Uh, it's on the north side of Zimmerman Library. The Albuquerque Southwest Canine Corps volunteers and their people will be on hand to comfort listen and cuddle with students. Uh, University Libraries, I guess that's a, a department, is excited to host this event again after not being able to do so the past few years due to the pandemic. And of course, whenever you hear that, folks, stand up in your chair and start screening, screaming, the pandemic didn't do anything. Elected officials decided on policies 
in reaction to the pandemic. The germ itself didn't do anything. The germ itself did not stop therapy dogs from coming to campus, okay? It was official policy by politicians and their underlings. Okay, so the department hopes to continue the event each semester to help with that stressed out feeling students get as the end of the semester approaches. So, you know, finals, end of the semester, we, we need to uh, coddle our little snowflake. So I do commend our, our subscriber. And of course, you can you can join our community. Uh, Eddie, more and more people are actually talking on our chat uh, at the bottom of every daily blast at, at rockoftalk.chat. I think we were up to 17 back and forth the other day. So we've, we're really building a wonderful conversation there. I did think that the emoji laughing symbols uh, when uh, asked if he had, uh, had had therapy dogs on campus. I did not have therapy dogs on campus. And what I wanted to do well, first, I will say this. Mental health is a serious problem in this country. If you have trauma, depression, schizophrenia, you should seek out help. Uh, but the automatic assumption uh, that, broadly speaking, we need to coddle the snowflakes even more, I think, is preposterous. And I want to contrast that snowflakery and catering to the snowflakes with some interesting data that I put out. Uh, this was a link a couple weeks ago. Oh, just actually one week ago from a great organization called the Institute for Family Studies. They are a non-religious, so they don't deal in religion. They just look at the data on family formation, family health, kid health, that kind of thing. Uh, they don't they don't involve you know the Bible, so we don't all have to disagree on all that stuff. They just look at the charts and the data, and they were showing that the mortality rate for young adults in America. So this is people under twenty five, kids and and young adults, substantially higher than it is in other developed countries, uh, places like, you know, the Netherlands and Japan and uh, who else is here? Spain. Who else do we have? Uh, Austria, Canada, the United States, our, our young people, our kids, our young adults are simply not doing nearly as well as other uh, other developed countries. And so we're talking about things like accidents and suicides and uh, alcohol abuse and substance abuse. Uh, a big part of this is kids cohabitating or with step parents. They have about one-third uh, higher risk of mortality, kids with single moms, kids with single dads. Family structure plays out differently in the United States than it does from other countries. American children tend to experience a lot more of their parents' transitions to new partners. So a lot of kind of romantic stuff going on there. The CDC data show that unintentional injuries causing fatalities for 20 to 24-year-olds, uh, pretty, pretty scary stuff. Car accidents, and drug overdoses are substantial. Uh, homicide and suicide are a big part of that as well. So what I'm trying to do here is draw a contrast between the lack of good mental health and good stable environments for children and young adults in, our America, in America and the fact that we seem to be rushing head over heels to coddle them even more. Uh, it, it doesn't really appear that all this coddling with therapy dogs is leading to the kind of good outcomes we want. And I dare say, uh, and I still believe it about my nephew at the Waldorf model that school that he's at, and, it, and I think it relates to Catholic education. I think it relates to Montessori education. I think when you ask more of kids, not less, when you expect more and ask more of them and give them more reason to tap into their 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 inner resources, which are almost unlimited in a young a young person hasn't been destroyed by life yet i'm 49 years old i've been i've been destroyed by life i gave up on life a long time ago young people don't know that young people still believe that they can do anything and with that kind of confidence they often go out and do amazing amazing things eddie so the the, the presence of these therapy dogs and yes i do take care of therapy dogs on a daily basis yeah i was gonna, i was going to say <laughs> down remind our audience uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> 
Dowd, Dowd, remind our audience, if you would, exactly what you do with regard to therapy dogs and who we are literally who you're closest to in this world. Remind everybody so that they don't just think that you're just black heart, you know, hate therapy or anything. Dowd, literally, his best friends are therapy dogs. I I am kind of a partial owner uh, uh, of two one one full time therapy dog who has about fifteen clients a week. And Eddie, I don't know the names of the clients and I don't deal with the clients, but these are people in real distress. These are people, the people who've been sex trafficked from Eastern Europe, uh, you know, Medicaid people who've been the subject of, you know, horrible upbringings. I don't dis, I don't disparage that at all. Uh, and my girls, I love my girls and the little one is sort of coming along. Maybe she'll be more of a therapy dog or older sisters, the, the perfect one. So I think there's a role for therapy dogs. What I don't think there's a role for is universities issuing these press releases saying how horrible life is for our children on campus. And it's this constant uh, coddling of, of, of young people in America. That's not the America I grew up in. I, Eddie, I have a, I, lately I've been thinking about a memory in my life when I was a young adult, maybe early college or late high school. My father and one of my sisters and I were out at 11 or 12 o'clock at night bringing in uh, apples in October, very dark, obviously very late at night, cold. And uh, we were I think we were using truck headlights or tractor headlights to sort of see what we were doing. We were bringing in crates of apples late, late at night, might have been even, you know, past, definitely past 11, past midnight. And my father and my sister and I were walking. And at some point down, as we were walking down through the grove, as some people like to say, or the orchard, our feet were kind of, uh, we were stepping in unison in the way the military parade kind of steps in unison. And we were very determined to get those apple crates in because it was, we worked all day and damn it, we wanted to go home for the night and sleep for a little bit. And I, I've been thinking a lot about that kind of an upbringing, not that I had it particularly hard, but when you grow up in agriculture, you, you work a lot and you get a really good work ethic. You kind of have to uh, contrasting that with the, the never ending. Are you all right? Can we help you? Have we triggered you? Do you need a therapy dog? Uh, look at the data. Our, our young people in America are not doing well in the coddling culture. I would suggest that maybe we need to ask, even demand more of them, a little more stoicism, a little more hard work, a little more pride and sense of self-worth, because I don't think the coddling is working very well. All right, Dowd, I got a little bit disconnected, so I heard everything uh, up until about a minute ago, so I apologize for having to get reconnected. But if what I understood from you was that coddling isn't allowing us to sort of like progress and advance, then I think that that's about right. So I, I hopefully I got all that right. But I would fully agree with you uh, in terms of, you know, enabling this level of, uh, of excuse of uh, preventing that or pretending that this has anything to do with, you know, sort of your own, uh, you know, anxiety. It's a funny thing. You know, I know people who have uh, heavy anxiety and I noticed that it's got uh, sort of this spiral effect to be anxious about something is to be anxious about the anxiety that you're anxious about so if you kind of see what i'm going through here it just spirals out of control their anxiety sort of uh, it's, it's kind of its own cement and brick wall it builds itself into all of that and i think when you tell people cerebrally logically that they have anxiety and you enable that anxiety and then you tie it into their emotion um they almost look for it as a as a as a reason for them to come out so and i think we have to stop that at some point somebody has to be 
I don't want to say accountable, but somebody has to sort of take care of of that uh, to the point where you're responsible for your own energy. I always say that you're responsible for the energy that you bring into the room. If you can't be responsible for that, you can't be responsible for anything and you can't have any positive uh, outcome uh, whatsoever. So I hope that I'm sort of uh, putting the right uh, cherry on this because I think that that's more or less what you're saying is, you know, we're bringing in these therapy dogs, but we're inevitably just giving these people just another excuse as to why they can't perform, why they can't do well on tests, why they can't get anywhere. And I think, you know, for people who seek counselors, and I think counseling is a good thing. You know, I'm, I'm, let me let me say that. But I know that there have been several times where I've been in counseling for whether it's a marriage or whether it's a relationship or whether it's, you know, for my own stuff. I also noticed that there is a certain level of where it sort of plateaus out or it turns into uh, misguided, misdirected in that we're using it uh, to attack the other person or even attack ourselves or maybe just to listen to ourselves talk. I don't really know, but there is sort of that, that thing where it exists uh, in and of itself without actually going. And I think that's what, uh, what ultimately happens when you do it a little bit too much. We all need help in this world, but you also have to remember that it, it, it reaches its logical end. And when you start, um, you know, uh, logically pushing that stuff uh, to its end and then say, okay, well, no, I'm still having that problem and you're not having that problem, but you've justified it to yourself logically, then you will have it forever. It'll be this is incessant seven, eight, nine, ten years of counseling, of, of enabling, and then you're like, oh, well, what did I really learn? You, you learned that you really needed that person <laughs> or didn't need them at all. So uh, ultimately, that's kind of what it is. Well, Eddie, I, you know, the, the thing on, uh, and I think what I find ultimately just the ultimate irony and the massive hypocrisy of this because both of these press releases about the therapy dogs talked about how oh we weren't allowed to bring therapy dogs on campus for the last two years because of the pandemic uh the ultimate irony there is i mean you have terrorized the public health establishment has terrorized young people to the point where on some college campuses we've seen the videos where the the kids were protesting to bring the the mask mandates back not to not protesting against them the way that that hippies would have in the 1960s these little snowflakes were so terrified they were holding demonstrations to bring the mask mandates back uh the people who claim to care about young adults and the well-being of well-being of, of young adults they have terrorized young people with covid they have terrorized people with climate change the world's going to end in 12 years they have terrorized young people in america with, right you, you are the beneficiary of an irredeemably racist country if you're white right. and if you're not white that means you have no chance of success because the white man's going to keep you down they have uh, terrorized young people about uh, in the in, in the developed world, it's all about capitalist exploitation, and you should feel guilty about air conditioning. So make up your minds, establishment America, because uh, on the one hand, you claim to care about all these young folks. On the other hand, you're telling them how inherently evil they and their society uh, are. Uh, you can't have it both ways. 550-50-500, if you want to go ahead and uh, text in uh, this afternoon. Um, some more response to our opener here in hour number one. I think everybody needs to be accountable, especially those with a platform. That would include churches, Dowd, and obviously radio hosts. I'm uh, reach out to you in the hopes that uh, this would also get to other pastors in the city. I'm not trying to attack any church uh, for what I'm talking about because I think they're really doing a good job following the biblical doctrine. That's what families are looking for, by the way, to go back to our first hour discussion about homosexuality 
But PragerU is us, is Charlie Kirks, and we have had him speak several times. Why is he doing that? Is he backsliding or changing his views away from the Bible? I want some other men to know about it. Like, this is what makes institutions better. And if you have a place where you congregate, doubt if you had a board of directors, Twitter or rockoftalk.chat directors or whatever, you'd want them to be accountable for something. I think that that's um, uh, really important. He says, I think if he knows about Charlie Kirk and he's enabling this at Legacy, I just heard about it, and it's a few weeks old. The story is definitely hasn't gotten the attention it deserves, but I appreciate Mark's point of view. Mark uh, Dice, that is, by the way. Hope you got to listen to the YouTube post. Uh, I did not listen to the YouTube post, but I certainly will. been having some tech problems. When we return, I think they just want to kind of uh, do, since we're removing, and I'm not going to have to wear a mask on the way back home, I don't know. Do you think, America, Dow, do you want to put some money on this? Um, whether or not I'm going to have to wear a mask uh, heading back home on uh, Thursday, right? You always abided by all public health regulations. <laughs> I will always abide by any public health regulations insofar as I'm, uh, as we say, uh, when, uh, what does it say, when in Rome? You got to do what Rome asks you to do. That's just sort of the way that it is. So if somebody were to ask me to do whatever it is that I need to do to use their services, I would do exactly that. What I won't do is I won't invade my own service. I won't invade my own body. I won't invade and do my own thing against myself. That's something that I absolutely will not do, uh, which includes vaccine. I'll put on a mask where I need to. And if somebody comes and talks to me and tells me what I need to do to do it, I'll do it. But we'll talk about an Air Force officer facing court martial after refusing a COVID-19 vaccine. And let's not forget what happened last week on the federal mandates. Did you guys all hear about this? I bet you didn't. Well, the federal mandates uh, basically expired with no new edicts coming forward and then we found out that the airport and any sort of uh, national transportation was unconstitutional we'll talk about these stories and more when we return right here in the kiva am 1600 rock of talk.com 546 here in the kiva we appreciate everybody tuning in for this afternoon's broadcast you know where i want to go Straight down the Mississippi River to the Gulf of Mexico. The Lake Charles, Louisiana, little Bessie girl I once knew. And she told me just to come on by if there's anything that she could do. Up on Cripple Creek, she sends me if I spring a leaf. She meant me, I don't have to fear. She defends me a longer stream if I ever did see one. Good luck had just on me to the base track I did go. She bet on one horse to win and I bet on another to show. Bad credit? Need it fixed? At Credit Rescue, Inc., our services have been used by mortgage companies, banks, and auto dealerships to help people who have been turned down for credit. Don't spend the next 7 to 10 years as a victim of high interest. Remember, knowledge is power, and you now have a way to get back your credit worthiness. Bad credit can haunt people for years. Let's rescue your credit at Credit Rescue, Inc. Call me, Mike Ramos, to set up an appointment today at 505-899-1448. That's 899 Hi, I'm Ben Lucero, president and owner of Indigo Mortgage and proud to be a locally owned and operated mortgage company right here in New Mexico. Being local carries many positives for consumers, such as being able to meet face-to-face, you will receive quick response times, and all loans are processed here locally. 
and you will always talk with the same people from application to funding. All of our employees live here and all profits from loan origination stay right here in New Mexico. Indigo Mortgage believes in supporting our local economy and if at all possible, we use local vendors for supplies and technical support. I personally hire and vet all loan officers and I assure you that your loans will be dealt with both ethically and with knowledge. Indigo Mortgage can offer the best rates and terms available on the market, so contact us today on the net at indigomortgage.net or by calling 836-5700. That's 836-5700. Indigo Mortgage, because nobody cares more about your mortgage loan. NMLS, 188-348. Hi, I'm Kevin with Futons and Frames. We've been doing business in Albuquerque for over 30 years. We have the largest selection of futon frames in the state. Our futons are made right here in the USA. So if quality, service, and knowledge of product matter to you, then come on down to 4311 Manal or call us at 881-6863. Chris Napier here with Loan Depot. The Mortgage Guy. As you look for the best ways to provide and protect for your family, the structure of your loans is critical. Your mortgage payment and its terms could be behind the curve. Let's ensure that when you're buying or refinancing your home, you have the best total cost. Call me at 505-710-2499 and MLS number 330093. Hi, I'm Walt Arnold with Sperry Van Ness. Do you own a business that's expanding? Are you outgrowing your space? Do you need a second, third, or even fifth location? Call my direct line now at 256-1255 or visit waltarnold.com. This is why people from all over go to JJ's Premier Tire and Services. This is Josefo from Santa Fe. I just blew a tire in my trailer. I was on my way to Albuquerque and I stopped at JJ's. So glad I did. The manager came over right away, quoted me an amazing price, and they had it in stock. No waiting. Within minutes, I had a new tire. Ready to go. I have a fleet of trucks and I've never received this kind of service from anybody. I'll be back. JJ's is your complete automotive repair center. From oil changes, brakes, alignment, air conditioning, to repairs on your engine to keep you safe on the road, JJ can do it. Hi, I'm JJ, and we've built our reputation on honest, fair-priced auto repair. And we can service any car, light truck, or SUV. When we service your vehicle, we'll do it right. Trust JJ's Premier Tire and Services on San Antonio, just west of Wyoming. Call 821-5771. That's 821-5771. Get the Venturi Advantage today. The Venturi Realty Group's maximum marketing system is ready to get you top dollar for your home sale. That means the time has never been better to sell your home. When you choose the Venturi Advantage, you'll work with market experts who will work hard to get you the most. Their agents will go above and beyond to market your home, attract buyers, and work diligently to highlight all those hidden features about your home that you love. Don't miss out on this exciting time when Venturi Realty Group can help you maximize your home's value. And don't forget, they also offer a sell-as-is program as well as a guaranteed sold program. You're sure to find a Venturi program that suits your needs. Need a place to go after your home sale? Venturi Realty Group can help you find the perfect landing spot, not just in Albuquerque, but wherever you're headed. Unlock the true value of your home today with the top-rated number one team in New Mexico, Venturi Realty Group. Of course, an analysis of what your home could sell for in this market is always free. 505-448-8888. Get the Venturi Advantage today. That's 505-448-8888. Richmond had fell, it's a time 
Back in uh, 2012, Levin Helm died of throat cancer at the age of 71. Uh, that, of course, is the band. He was with Bob Dylan's backing group for a time. And uh, you heard up on Cripple Creek, and that is the night they drove old Dixie down right here in the Kiva on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. I guess we're getting some wind gusts out there, a little bit of wind gusts uh, here in Miami as well. I guess up to 40 miles an hour back in Albuquerque. Happy birthday to Tim Curry. James Franco, 44, uh, Kate Hudson, 43, and Troy Polamalu. Never seen somebody get, uh, I think, more endorsements for just being pretty mediocre overall, just because you have a, uh, no, seriously, Dowd. I mean, you know, <laughs> these guys, am I wrong on this? No, I mean, you're not what, wrong. Did, you're not wrong. what did he do that was so great? Hair is it's really like, long. Hire me. <laughs> oh, okay. Hair is long, and I played for the Super Bowl uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers, now the new woke uh, football team. They hired uh, the guy that accused. Um, uh, horse teeth, uh, Denver Broncos, John Elway of racism. You might remember that, which was totally despicable. I like John Elway. Who doesn't like John Elway, to be quite honest? Uh, but barely, you know, he showed up drunk. It's like, yeah, likely story, whatever you want to go ahead and say. But that's not something I went with. Um, we'll get to all of the top 10 links of the day, including doubts, extra clicks, and uh, a New Mexico GOP seeking to overturn the congressional map. Uh, I don't know why we're trying to do that right now. Ain't going to happen. We should probably just stay right where it's at. Um, uh, and this all has to do with congressional district number two. It doesn't look good for Yvette Harrell, but uh, folks, this is why you need to get out and support Yvette Harrell. That's why you need to get out and work on her behalf. She's all we have left right now. I think that Luis Sanchez has a terrific chance uh, for District uh, 1. And I think the effort needs to be focused on the field and not on the sidelines and the legal wranglings. Uh, I'm not sure where you're at, but uh, this is the type of fight that could have prevented had we had a stronger showing in 2018 and 2020. If I was your Republican Party chairman, let me tell you, our fight would be on the field. We wouldn't be in uh, court right now fighting this. I think the chances of success on this are slim to none. Uh, really on this. So it's uh, really a complete and total waste. Also, New Mexico State University ending the option of the COVID-19 testing. Uh, that was also in your blast that you got today. Uh, there you go. Uh, will University of New Mexico follow suit? Likely not. Uh, we had, uh, of all people, Ed Nunez uh, in the Kiva on I Saturday. Heard that show. Yeah. yeah, what did you think? I actually did not get to hear it, uh, Dowd. And you might uh, recall uh, Ed Nunez's very same uh, famous quote. You're welcome to go ahead and uh, re say it. But I said, oh, fancy meeting you here when he came. We showed up at my doorstep. I, said, I was wondering I about that face to face. I was like, uh, I just said, uh, interesting that you're here at this time i just called for your resignation of this why are you here at the kiva and i basically didn't let him into my doors uh the athletic director of the university of new mexico i did not let him go into the kiva until eric came back to let him into the doors yeah so eric is that true did i not let him i made him stay outside is that uh, i don't know if you can uh, hear me or not eric but uh, oh, did i did i let did i let ed nunez into the kiva you did not i let him in <laughs> just so you know i put my money where my mouth is i told ed Junior's um 
you know, you, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. So Eric, that's basically. If I knew you didn't want him in here. I would not have. <laughs> oh wow, Eric. Uh, no, I was fine. He was fine to do the interview with Jeffrey Kennedy, and we appreciate Jeffrey and uh, his straight talk. Um, uh, unlike, uh, I, oh, I think you mean straight, straight talk with Jeffrey Candelaria, hosted by yes, Jeffrey hosted by, by Jeffrey Candelaria. Uh, so it's like I love it. You know, he's even uh, found the humor in that as well. Remember, he's <laughs> yes, he's straight talk, and then. Uh, uh, he's going up against gay talk on another conservative radio station. So, yeah. So I don't know if that was on purpose. I didn't name his show. You know, he happens to have his show, but yeah, straight talk with Jeffrey Candelaria against, uh, I guess, gay talk with some other hosts uh, who are out there. An Air Force officer facing court martial after refusing COVID-19 vaccine. We'll get into that uh, uh, as well. Oh, this is interesting. Let me just gloss over this, if you don't mind, very quickly. Master Sergeant Vincent White's exemption application denied, as was his appeal for the denial. He has continued to refuse to get a shot, prompting his superiors to punish him with non-judicial punishment pursuant to Article 15 of the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Under the Code of Service Members, commander can make them perform extra duties. This is how corporal punishment works in the military. White has now chosen the alternative to go on trial. Good for him. He, uh, The Air Force can choose to back down and just give him another the reprimand? Nope. They can proceed to separation proceedings if they can prefer charges. If the Air Force stays the course. He is likely to going to be the first military member who will be sent to court martial over this. Now, here's what's going to happen. Okay? Mark my words. After the strike down of the mandate on federal aviation, not just the masking, but also the force vaccine, let me tell you, this guy will continue to be operational within the Air Force, as will many of the military, and you'll all regret ever taking the vax. I hate to say it. That snake venom show got a lot of attention. Did you notice that, Doubt? There was a lot of attention on that snake venom show. I wonder who else who has the... I know snakes don't have balls but uh, we certainly do to go ahead and put that out there and we appreciate everybody tuning in and giving us all the great feedback back after the top of the hour news hour three you and me and the doubt makes three three thousand as we do a rundown of all the great topics that you find directly at Rock chat it's all him it's all you thanks everybody for what you do by listening to the kiva on am 600 ki the abq.fm rockoftalk.com stay tuned This is the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. President Biden back at the White House Tuesday night after spending some time in New Hampshire highlighting the role of ports in U.S. commerce. This port supports over 2,300 jobs. It adds $275 million to this region's economy. Biden visiting the New Hampshire Port Authority at Portsmouth Harbor and talking about supply chain bottlenecks related to the COVID-19 pandemic. The parents of the alleged Michigan high school shooter will not have their bond reduced. 
an Oakland County judge refusing to bring it down from $500,000 to $100,000. She did accept James and Jennifer Crumbly's wishes to be co-defendants in the case, represented by the same attorney, and tentatively set their manslaughter trial for October 24th. This is USA Radio News. Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government and then report any financial behavior deemed suspicious or unusual. You must read The Secret War. It's free. Thanks, Pat. Call toll-free 800-630-1490. That's 800-630-1490. Truth is, I believe the government's new war against cash is really a war against us all. But The Secret is now out. So please, get and read The Secret War. Again, 800-630-1490. 800-630-1490 today or at SwissAmerica.com. Fannie Mae predicts a modest recession in 2023. A report from the mortgage giant cites inflation and the tightening of monetary policy by the Fed Reserve. Ongoing global impacts from Russia's war against Ukraine are also expected. Actor Johnny Depp is taking the stand in his libel lawsuit against ex-wife Amber Heard Tuesday. Depp is claiming Heard falsely accused him of domestic abuse in a 2018 Washington Post article and is suing her for $50 million. Depp telling jurors about the physical abuse he experienced from his mother as a child. She could become quite violent, and she was quite violent, and she was quite cruel. Heard's attorneys are claiming the allegations are true. The article isn't libel. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson claims he didn't know a 2020 birthday party thrown for him was illegal. This is USA Radio News. Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroot. If you like my radio show, you're going to love my podcast, War Raw. Each podcast, I present my top 10 most outrageous, salacious, and controversial stories of the week. I break down the best of the best raw truth stories for conservatives, libertarians, patriots, taxpayers, Trumpers, and deplorables. Anyone who appreciates God, guns, gold, and tax cuts will stand up and cheer for War Raw. Check out this week's War Raw podcast right now. It's available to download on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you listen to podcasts. War Raw. War Raw. Two grim milestones are being marked today. It's been 29 years since the Waco massacre happened in Texas. The 51-day standoff came to an end when FBI agents raided the Branch Davidian compound. Branch Davidian leader David Koresh and more than 80 other cult members died when the compound burned to the ground. Meanwhile, hundreds gathered in Oklahoma City for today's remembrance ceremony on the 27th anniversary of the bombing of the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building. Families of the victims and survivors took part in the somber observance, which included the reading of 168 names of those killed in the 1995 bombing. A published report says an NFL team rigged games. Sports Illustrated is reporting the National Football League is investigating the Cleveland Browns for allegedly throwing games that took place during the 2016 and 2017 seasons. Former chair of the Securities and Exchange Commission, Mary Jo White, is leading the investigation. Ms. White is also in charge of investigating Brian Flores' claims 
that he was offered $100,000 per loss from Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross during the 2019 season. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. Crew 4 astronauts are in Florida for a dress rehearsal tonight. The crew's mission to the International Space Station is set to launch as early as Saturday. Six in the 505 with more 4 and one here for your third hour. I am Eddie Aragon. The Rock of Talk, AM 1600, FM, rockoftalk.com. How about that neon sign there, Dowd? How do you like that? Huh? How do you Ooh. like that? A little little oh, neon. Yeah, there oh, at the uh, Plymouth, oh, 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 <laughs> Plymouth Hotel, private pool and patio right there. So it, uh, it looks, it, this is a great place and the people are nice. And I met the owners of the hotel and they're just excited as all get out. Uh, for the fact that we're doing the show right here. Uh, they own uh, 15 other different hotels here in Miami Beach. And um, I guess I could say this confidentially uh, to a certain degree, but, you know, they're big supporters of uh, DeSantis and, you know, the economy. But they, the money's green, so anybody who wants to go ahead and stay. So I don't think it's going to reach a, a broad enough audio the liberals that are out there and get the there you go 550 500 uh, to go ahead and text into the kiva not able to forward the phone still without my phone because it's just hey as they say you can of course see my kids uh green saber on my phone saying peace by the way you can see uh, there but um, a lot to get to here during our third hour and just start right from the very start pulling the rain as uh, eric knows that's one of my very favorites and John Bonham doing that drum solo on there. I mean, it is one of my very favorite pieces of anything. Music, whether it's symphonic, rock and roll, I don't care, rap, it, you you name it. Uh, there's almost nothing that's better than just listening to that John Bonham uh, solo piece uh, on there, Fool in the Rain. Is it raining? Is that why Eric's playing that, Eric? Eric, are you playing that because of, uh, is, there rain, is there rain uh, there in Albuquerque? <laughs> No, it's kind of overcast and dusty. 
But okay. uh, that song just caught, just caught my eye there. Oh, I like it. I'm glad that it did. Hey, so I want to ask you, Eric's been uh, out uh, sort of moving around, and uh, I believe that, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Eric is also going to be on a Segway. Uh, he'll be running around on a little bit of a Segway 9-bot. Uh, Eric, how's the Segway? How are you enjoying the streets of Albuquerque uh, on your new Segway? Uh, it's really cool, yeah. These last couple of days, it's been a little windy, so it's kind of brought me down. I've been letting it uh letting it rest the last couple of days actually it's a different way to see albuquerque it is it's definitely makes the hills a lot easier to bear <laughs> yeah a little bit uh yeah it's a little bit easier on the on the legs although i do like i do need some cardio once in a while it's nice yeah to ride get off the segway eric <laughs> nice, to get, nice to get on the streets and get my blood pumping the old come, come walk the dogs in corrales in the morning with me <laughs> oh what time do you start uh, i'm usually up out of bed around uh 10 30 a.m 10 45 uh usually oh my get to my God. girls at about 11 but i have to change now because the it's getting too warm and uh it, warmth wouldn't bother me too much but you know the girls have thick thick golden retriever coats you know they come out of scotland those the original the, the originals the uh the original sire and dame come out of lord tweedmouth's estate in scotland where it's wet and cold and rainy all the time so uh this, the southwestern heat can be a little rough on uh, on golden retrievers and other dogs as well um but uh, those dogs have it pretty good they get uh, lots of shade lots of water swamp cooler uh, you know, in Corrales, we don't have air conditioning. I mean, we yeah. This uh, this time of year, these mornings, this is my my favorite type of morning. Not not too hot, not too cold. Wow, it's like yeah, paradise. Just, I, ideal. And I go out after the, every show. Uh, I do the post production, get the notes together for the last fifteen minutes or so, and then I I walk in the evening. And of course, you get that setting sun up against the sandias. And you know, I wouldn't say here at the apartment complex, it's. Uh, wonderfully scenic it's kind of a light industrial area uh but you still can see the mountains from everywhere you can still see those uh sunsets and you know it's, it's sad to say but when we do have a lot of fires out west those sunsets uh you know you can look right at the sun without uh, hurting your eyes we probably shouldn't do it for very long yeah. uh and you get those kind of uh what would you call them impressionist painting you know kind of sun sunsets that are just un unbelievable in the american west and i think I'm grateful every day that I am in the American West and not in the Northeast. <laughs> right? Happy to be where I am. I'm all over the world to see that sky. Oh, yeah. All right. I am back. Sorry about that. That's he was back, but we lost him again, ladies and gentlemen. That would be uh, Mr. Aragon from Miami Beach. Uh, you ever been to Miami, uh, Producer Eric? I have not been. I've been to uh, Orlando. I've been to Daytona Beach, but I've mm -hmm. never been so far south as Miami. I I've only been once, and it is—it's uh, quite a place. Uh, all that Art Deco stuff, uh, you know, along South Beach. It's uh, the pastel colors. Crockett and Tubbs. Were you a big Crockett and Tubbs guy, Eric? I, I was. Uh, I was not. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, with the 80s but never got into that one yeah I, I think i came a little late to it but uh i did have the uh the sport jacket with the pushed up you push up the sleeves up to your elbows so you could look really cool oh, white yeah. sport jacket and then you have to wear uh loafers with uh no socks that was a big thing that sonny crockett did and uh, there are a couple pictures out there of me circa 85 86 87 and yeah, uh, all, funny, I, all i can say 
How those it, things stick in your memory, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, all I can say is if you ever see any of those pictures on social media, ladies and gentlemen, my two older sisters were 100% responsible for my fashion choices when I was a very, very young person. So you cannot hold me accountable. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm my own man now, and it's basically L.L. Bean, Bermuda shorts, and polo shirts, and boat shoes. And uh, I, I really like that Silicon Valley big tech guy stuff where – you wear mostly the same thing all the time. You just don't have to think about fashion. You know, in the Don Draper days when you, you know, you had, you couldn't have the tie clash with the pants and, you know, you had to get dressed to the nine. Some guys uh -huh. wore the vest underneath the jacket with oh, the tie, yeah. uh, you know, and the watch fob and, you know, and all that stuff. And I know there's some, you know, older, more conservative people who say we've let things get really out of control and we're way too casual. Um, I was on a plane, actually that trip, I went to Miami. I, I flying down from Connecticut there was a guy next to me the whole flight who uh, decided to take his shoes and socks off like he was at home oh, in, in the plane, in the in the plane, like I got to look at. Then he told me, uh, he lectured me about how he had cancer, but he cured himself with all sorts of homeopathic remedies. And I thought, uh, well, okay. Um, but, you know, it's different out here in the Southwest. I mean, it's warm most of the year, so I don't... Uh, I don't complain very much. You know, I seem, to, I seem to remember Miami Vice had a pretty, not only were they super influential on the on the fashion end, but they seem to have a pretty hip theme song to that TV show. Jan Hammer, indeed. Is that who it was? Jan Hammer, yeah. And I think it actually, it's instrumental and it even charted on the, on the, uh, uh, on, you know, the Billboard Hot 100 because it was so cool. And uh, a lot of people don't know that it's unbelievable how many people appeared on Miami Vice who are just, you know, like mega movie stars now, like Bruce Willis. I think Julia Roberts is on Miami Vice. Um, uh, Frank Zappa, <laughs> maybe wow. not exactly, maybe not exactly a big movie star. Phil Collins was on uh, Miami Vice, okay. and um, uh, Larry Fishburne, Liam Neeson. You know, he had a particular set of skills, uh, and I believe he was an Irish. What a what a what a surprise! You know, what, what's the only role for Irishmen? In, in the world, you're an IRA terrorist. You know that, that, that's your only. Right. Outside of Ireland, you can do a play in Ireland as an Irishman. But if you're going to go do some sort of international thing, you're you're an IRA terrorist with a stinger right. missile trying to bring down a, a jet in, at, at at Miami. Um, boy, big, but you can go on online and just search. You know, before they were stars, Miami Vice, just endless, uh, endless list of uh, very, 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 very cool people. And I, frankly, I am a little jealous of Mr. Aragon. Miami is a very, very cool place. Oh, look at him there! He's got the the sun has set in the east, and he's got the oh man, he's got the ferns there and the palm trees and. Oh man, he's Eddie has such a great life. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. He's lucky. He sure is lucky to have. We can't. Us. We can't hear him. We can't speak to him, but we can just see him. But uh, yeah, he's. Uh, well, see, he started off in what Vegas, then he went to Miami, and now he's going to go to Nashville, and then DC. Um, he's on the great world tour. Um, I, I, I will be beyond jealous in terms of Nashville because I'm such a, I'm not a current country guy, but I'm a classic country guy. Uh -huh. Um, I, uh, I just, uh, you know, Ernest Tubb and Johnny yeah. Cash and me too. Uh, yeah, I'm the same I just, way. I, I, you couldn't, you couldn't pay me to listen to modern country music. I mean, it's just so bad. Um, the reason I knew that it jumped the shark was because I was watching that Ken Burns documentary uh -huh. and Garth Brooks said, Oh, I was. When I went off to Oklahoma University and I was singing in bars, I said, you cannot be a country or Western singer and have gone to university. That is, that is you, <laughs> right. you, you, in order to be a country singer, you have to have left school, no...
Uh, it's no later than probably uh, 13. You got to work in a sawmill. Uh -huh. You got to work on a sharecropper farm. And it just was a moment in time. You can't be Keith Urban from Australia. You can't be Garth Brooks with a college education and be a country star. I'm sorry. You just, you can't, you have. Yeah. The thing about country is country, and I hate to break this to our woke community, but an awful lot of people in America, I know you think that like every white person lives in Newport Beach, Rhode Island and has a trust fund and all that kind of stuff. Lots and lots of Americans have been white and they've been poor and they've had really tough lives and country music was kind of their music. And right. if you want to learn about America, you need to study country music. And we can hear Eddie Aragon back in Miami. All, All right. right. He's back. All right. Well, I'm glad. Well, I, I'm sorry about that. Uh, apparently, the network shut off, but there you go. There's the wireless. we got to get to all the news uh, for today. Uh, I, however, am uh, being, I'm doing this to try and thank you very much. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, uh, Dowd, for keeping the shit afloat uh, here uh, in the, the Kiva. Um, and I just have to say, you know, this is one of those times where we have to encourage people to get out as much as possible. And uh, it's not me so much in, enjoying myself as it me making connections. There's uh, connections here for radio. Uh, I have connections in Washington, D.C. for politics. Uh, we have, uh, you know, connections out in, uh, in, in Las Vegas, Nevada. You know, do is expand our network so we can reach more and more people and we have that opportunity right now in fact i'm very much looking forward to a meeting with people in washington dc because the very same people that are involved with real america's voice and all that you know you know you it's not enough for you to just zoom them or think that you have a radio show with a following you actually have to meet these people that's what i have to definitely work on we're going to be able to expand uh, what we do here on the rock of talk so much to get to dowd uh, there is a caller on hold and let's do the caller and uh make sure that the delay is on before we get on into uh, all the news of the day uh which you can find directly Directly for pennies a day at rockoftalk.chat. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. All right, caller, you are in the Kiva here on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Go ahead. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate you. All right, very quickly, Dave, please. All right, you were talking about gas prices. June 2008, and came back from Korea. Your price of gas is about five and a quarter a gallon. I had to go from Downey, California, right up the five through the downtown part of Los Angeles, all the way up to uh, Fort Lewis, Washington, and guess what happened? Five and a quarter for a gallon of gasoline made that freeway empty. <laughs> what I expected to be a four to six hour drive was 45 minutes when I got to the top of the pass. I had to suck a big breath of relief because when I got to the uh, top of the pass, New Hall Pass, I was like, okay, wow, I've been a truck driver in this area for 20 years. I have never traversed that section in that little of amount of time. When I got to the gas station, holy moly, man, the price of fuel was through the freaking roof. <laughs> The impact. The uh, there was nobody on the freeway. The guy in the Carmen gear with a cell phone in his ear was not there. It was interesting. Uh, this is the last time I really spent any appreciable amount of time in that region. And oh boy, am I glad I'm in Albuquerque and not in Los Angeles. Mm. Thank you, gentlemen. 
see. I appreciate the phone call very much. Uh, thanks for getting to the point on that. Uh, let's start uh, from the very top, shall we, Dowd? Um, and this, of course, uh, is a KOB puff piece uh, put out. Um, this has to do with the development boom that they're pushing. And here's the whole I entire this thing. This is specifically for this you, is, Mr. Aragon. <laughs> this is literally concocted. Now, you know that this isn't happening because Netflix, for the very first time, they just had their first quarter come out. I don't know why no one's paying attention. Is anybody paying attention to the fact that they've lost 200,000 users? No one's talking about that. Big names like Netflix and Amazon or local projects like apartments and restaurants. It seems like everyone wants their slice of the Duke City and the attention from city officials. What kind of crap is this? Well, it's not happening until now. I mean, until next year, really, when we think about the uh, over-drubbing. Uh, but Tim Walsh of the city's planning department. Is that the new black guy that's running the city of Albuquerque uh, planning department, if I'm not mistaken? I believe that it is. Well, of course, you got to put that uh, face on it because you got to do everything that's politically correct. And notice the way that I phrase that. Dowd, make sure you, you got to put out that uh, wonderful picture that I will hopefully be able to send you from my phone. The Evergreen Development Review Board meets once a week to consider new developments. Oh, look how busy they are. The planning department is seeing an influx of new development requests. So this week, the Development Review Board is kicking into overdrive, Dowd, and doubling the amount of time they spend in the process. Okay. So how much of this development is actually private versus public? Yep. I think is when we, uh, I love how the Albuquerque business first or the Albuquerque business worst likes to talk about that. They're saying, oh, the unemployment rate keeps ticking down in New Mexico. That was literally their headlines. What they didn't tell you is that we trail the entire country when it comes to the unemployment rate. Um, Dowd, uh, shine a light, uh, brighter light on this. Uh, but if we're actually talking about private versus public, and I'm involved in commercial real estate, let me tell you, uh, most of that... Um, Investment is coming from the $27 billion. This is all a complete and total smoke and mirrors play coming from uh, the uh, Democrat leaders uh, of this state. I mean, there is some private development, but by and large, private companies are going to other places where their money is more rewarded and less taxed. Uh, and you guys all just paid your tax bills yesterday, so you know what that's like, uh, even on the local side. Uh, shine a brighter light on this, if you would, Doug. Well, I don't have much to add beyond what you said, Eddie. Uh, this is a puff piece with no data in it. So basically, they're just accepting this concept that things, did they use the word boom Albu Al in the headline? Development boom uh, in Albuquerque. Of course, uh, you mentioned that we've seen in the news updates uh, uh, a couple times so far today, uh, Netflix declining in terms of, uh, of their, uh, their subscribers. I don't wish any business bad, but listen, the, the streaming service, uh, the podcasting world, you know, that market is splintered into all of our own little silos. Uh, don't assume that, you know, Netflix is the future of New Mexico. It, it's it's very asinine. Uh, they mentioned New Mexico Film Studios. We had that report a couple of weeks ago, Eddie, about all the politically connected people who are building uh, New Mexico Film Studios. And uh, that was interesting. I, in terms of the development boom, I looked at apples to apples. I looked at this last night because I knew that I had to put it in the Daily Blast so that Eddie would see it and other reality-based people would see it. I looked at the Census Bureau data on the booming Albuquerque scene, uh, the uh, population estimates, you know, one of the most basic <laughs> metrics you can use are more people living in Albuquerque. This is the city itself. This is not the metro area. So while the metro area has experienced better growth than this, uh, as Eddie would remind you, and I would too, that's mostly... Sandoval County, Rio Rancho, Albuquerque had 556,092 residents. This is Census Bureau, Federal Census Bureau data in 2015. In 2020, we had 560,447 
uh, residents. That is a five-year growth rate, not a not an annual growth rate overall over that five-year period of 0.78%. While we are a border state to communities, metro regions that are growing by leaps and leaps and bounds, uh, KOB should be absolutely ashamed of this. Uh, this is not journalism. It's the reason you listen to the Rock of Talk. It's the reason you subscribe to rockoftalk.chat. We bring you the truth. Uh, Dowd, let me give you the uh, update here. 200,000 subscribers during the January through March period for Netflix. Uh, they also had a decision to withdraw from Russia entirely uh, to protest the war against the Ukraine. Not a wise, not a smart decision. They resulted in a total of nearly a million subscribers. Um, this is the company that New Mexico is investing in. This is the company. Uh, are there new restaurants opening up in Mesa del Sol? I don't think so. Are there new developments opening up in Mesa del Sol? I don't think so. So for those of you who are trying to go ahead and say that, oh, Netflix is uh, all that in a bag of chips, it's anything but. This is the first time in its 10 years that it's actually declined. It acknowledges problems in a deep-rooted by projecting a loss. Listen to this. Two million subscribers from April to June. They will lose 10 times the number of subscribers that they lost from January until March. They will uh, 10 times that loss from April to June. That's according to cbsnews.com. Look it up. Uh, feel free to share that uh, if you will, Dow. Netflix shares plunged 25%. 25%. And yet, uh, is there other companies that the state of New Mexico is investing in? Oh, yeah, that would also be Virgin Galactic. Uh, latest shares from Virgin Gal Galactic as we head into this recession. D-Dowd Muska, how does uh, old uh, VG look these days, old Richard Branson? You're going you're gonna to make me look, aren't you? You're going to make me look. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I haven't looked in a week. Okay. $19.19, and 19 cents, okay? I bought it sixteen fifty, so I'm still down, but it's not too bad. <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, more stuff that you can find directly at rockoftalk.chat. We already talked about the canines on campus uh, to ease the final stress. Aggie Fashion Club making a remarkable comeback on the runway. I didn't realize that they were so fashion forward down in all the city of the crosses. What's that about, Doubt? Uh, just more silly indoctrination. Uh, you know, sometimes people wonder why I would put something like this in. This, uh, we spoke about modeling on the Met Gala fashion show and all the creepiness right. that happens there. Right. This one is more about uh, eco-nonsense. Uh, it is the sustainable Met Gala fashion show. And, and I, we, we discussed this. Uh, they are using recycled materials, things like, you know, stuff that was cast out in newspapers and recycled plastic and metal and all this kind of stuff. More, more nonsense telling these kids that we're destroying the earth when in fact, most environmental indicators are going are, have been going in positive directions for many, many decades. It's called the wealth effect. When you build your economy up to a certain degree, you end up stop polluting because people end up valuing clean air and clean water. It's happened in every developed country. The major pollution problems in our country, in our, on our planet, are in the third world. You know, all that plastic waste in the Pacific Ocean? It's not coming from New Mexico. It's not coming from Wisconsin. It's not coming from Miami. It's coming from China and the Philippines and Malaysia. Uh, it's just sad to see these kids embrace this stuff, Eddie. It's such nonsense. A lot of fires in uh, southern New Mexico and Rio Doso and places like Alto and various other places. You have now the Cook's Peak Fire at northern Mora County. 
Uh, the evacuations are growing there as well. Evacuees are utilizing the Memorial Middle School in Las Vegas, New Mexico. The evacuees are staying with friends and family, so the evacuation center is not seeing an increase in people at this time, but uh, they're still trying to figure out the cause of the fire with more than 2,000 acres. 40 mile an hour winds uh, in the state of New Mexico is going to see increasing winds. This is just something that it continues to happen every year. I don't know that's necessarily out of the ordinary because many of these uh, happen to start as quote-unquote controlled burns and it's funny how quickly they spiral out of control doubt if i'm not mistaken i believe rio doso and even las vegas uh they started as public land control burns is uh that about right i believe so yeah yeah uh, so there we go. Uh, more news from the Rock of Talk chat. The Earth Day. You can start building on the political world for a livable world. And of course, uh, it's the one and only Los Los Alamos reporter speaking of uh, big fires. You guys might remember the big fire that was up there uh, sometime. Nobody virtue signals harder than uh, the city of Los Alamos. Doubt I got to say that I'm uh, pretty proud to not be broadcasting there to a certain degree. Um, it, it just really is um, amazing what these people will do with their gigantic paychecks and their federal jobs. Uh, as I told you, they have basically shut down every restaurant in all of Los Alamos with the exception of Bathtub Row and maybe the Starbucks. Uh, and I know Pariscos or whatever the name of the, uh, I think, uh, Pariscos, uh, I think is what is the name uh, that uh, of the uh, Mexican restaurant or new Mexican restaurant that the Atencios own uh, that is up there. But uh, for all intents and purposes, New Mexico, or excuse me, Los Alamos, New Mexico is pretty much shut down. Yeah. And, and, and the reason is, uh, you know, Los Alamos could, could have a much more dynamic economy if it had fewer people like Sarah Ann Mason. I'm calling you out, Sarah, because you had your name published in this letter. Uh, this is uh, what was published by the Los Alamos Reporter, a website, because, of course, there is no physical paper in, in Los Alamos anymore. Just not That's just right. The, it's shut the down. Usual, the usual nonsense. Uh, building political will is not an abstract concept, and it's not something best left to a more powerful and influential person. It's something you can start doing today through one simple action. And, of course, this train's never late folks reach out to your members of congress and ask them to support legislation to accelerate yep. the transition away from fossil fuels and remove the only one healthy dynamic part of new mexico's private sector economy thanks sarah good call kid and speaking of uh, members of Congress and of Senate, uh, one Martin Heinrich is going to be traversing the plain, the fruited plain of uh, New Mexico. Uh, not a lot of fruits, a lot of fires. Well, there are fruits, but they're of a different breed altogether. Uh, U.S. Senator Martin Heinrich will engage in on-the-ground discussions in Las Vegas, New Mexico today. I guess uh, he was on the ground, but maybe not there necessarily for the fire. He was there at the MBDA, Minority Business Development Agency, talking about $300,000 that helped establish the center back in 2020. He also played a key role, Dowd, key role in delivering nearly $2 million in federal funding from the U.S. Department of Commerce. Boy, nice money if you can get it. And that was at the Hispano Chamber of Commerce. Nothing racist about calling a Chamber of Commerce Hispano, by the way. And then uh, he, uh, he went uh, only... Uh, <laughs> 45 minutes later. Like, how long was his appearance in the Hispano Chamber of Commerce to show up 45 minutes later in Albuquerque, New Mexico? What? 
how do you even get there? Uh, that was, uh, I don't know. Did he appear via Zoom? And then uh, 4.30 p.m., he discussed efforts to keep healthcare services available to area veterans. I wonder if he also used a helicopter to get from place to place or perhaps a plane. It would be very interesting uh, to note that. So speaking of reaching out, uh, Las Vegas, New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico is where one Martin Heinrich, uh, he no longer, I believe, enjoys home ownership in his quote-unquote home state he of course hails from uh nevada but i believe uh, he owns a home if i'm not mistaken down in chevy chase maryland yes yes and it's interesting eddie because i know with the recent hire of his wife i think she's going to be heading up the with the foundation the nonprofit foundation for meow wolf i don't know if she you know we're talking about maryland's third senator here and they do have children so is she going to be telecommuting to Meow Wolf from Maryland, or she's going to stay, you know, she can stay with the kids, or is she going to be based in New Mexico again? And he's going to be in charge of the kids. I, I just put these press releases about his appearances in the, um, in the Daily Blast because I want the people of Maryland to know when their third senator leaves the state, the great state of Maryland, the great Calvert state, the Catholic state of Maryland, uh, for some reason, their third senator goes to New Mexico every so often. But I want, I want my Marylanders to know that, that he'll, he'll be back in Maryland soon enough. Dowd, I kind of like to know uh, approximately, and you know, remember, you are never exposing these guys when you say how old their children are. But uh, are his children young? Are they in middle school, high school? Do we know how old Martin Heinrich's children are? Uh, I believe he was married in '98, um, so I can't imagine that they're too far along. Are they? No, that's a good question. Let me let me do some digging on that because if the kids are grown. And maybe off to college, would that mean that Marty and Mrs. Marty would move back to New Mexico and leave the East Coast? I, I don't know. Well, I think there's something to be said for the fact that uh, they're not exactly attending to their parental duties uh, at this point. More of the uh, great news that you can find only at rockoftalk.chat. Attorney General Balderas, you might uh, remen uh, remember yesterday, D. Dowd Muska, that I was I uh, putting out the information on a certain political candidate who was putting out a GoFundMe site to fund his campaign. And uh, according to this, this came from Jerry Jerry. Modest. A.G. Balderas leads bipartisan coalition of 28 attorneys general urging better disclosure and clarity from GoFundMe. At some point, I think GoFundMe needs to be go bankrupt, and I think in a hurry. What is the purpose? It's sort of like a, um, a technologically uh, rich man's game when it comes. It, it, it's akin to uh, panhandling on the street. Uh, is that about a fair assessment of GoFundMe from your standpoint? It takes all of about, I actually timed it one time, it takes about four minutes minutes to set up a GoFundMe account. I believe it takes longer to acquire bottles of water to sell for a dollar on the streets of Albuquerque. Yeah, and I also, Eddie, I think, uh, you know, my website, DowdMuska.com, and, and occasionally people will make a, a, just a direct payment. I don't need GoFundMe to help, you know, facilitate my work to keep me doing what I'm doing. So, uh, and of course, there were, when you, when you, when you use these, uh, these platforms like GoFundMe, you are potentially at the mercy of big tech deciding, oh, well, you're not, you're not, uh, you're, your cause can't receive money through that. I mean, God forbid it's anything, you know, to the right of uh, AOC. So uh, something interesting, I, I contrasted that with uh, a, a, an attorney general's, uh, attorney's general release 
regarding something more important uh, that Hector Balderas will never uh, participate in, uh, fully 25 attorneys general have sent a letter, I guess they have, they're not suing, requesting that the U.S. Department of Transportation Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration reconsider its new rule federal rule, regulatory rulemaking, banning the transportation of liquefied natural gas via rail tank car, something that can be done uh, safely. The Trump administration uh, uh, submitted an amendment to the hazardous materials regulations that allowed the transport of LNG by a special class, appropriate uh, uh, rank, uh, special class of rail tank cars, what I'm trying to say, the Trump rule was designed to speed and ease delivery of liquefied natural gas to communities without suitable pipeline infrastructure in place. Of course, that rule ends up being reversed by the Biden administration, completely in the thrall of environmental nutcases, doing everything they can to drive up the costs of our energy infrastructure, restrict the free trade, the free flow of energy. And I thought that was kind of quite a contrast today. I, I like to find those contrasts, Eddie, where uh, Hector's dealing with GoFundMe while 25 other attorneys general are actually trying to help New Mexicans and Americans by making our energy infrastructure stronger and maybe driving down the price of energy, which has been a little high lately. I will say one thing in Hector's defense. This is something that I'm glad that he's addressing. Um, however, in terms of the prioritization, which is what you're addressing, you're 1,000% correct. Uh, this is not a priority right now. I don't know when anybody has uh, really paid attention to GoFundMe. I just got a graphic sent uh, to me that says, instead of GoFundMe, go F me. There you go. Yeah, that's exactly, and it's a great logo. Brian, of course, uh, sending that along uh, my way. GOP candidate shows support for federal lawsuit to make voter registration public. This coming by way of Rebecca Dow and and uh, interestingly enough, uh, Dowd, during the broadcast, she did respond directly. And she says, Eddie, can you please send whatever survey this is that I supposedly ignored? I don't recall getting it. I'm very sorry. Uh, please send it to Rebecca at Dow4NM.com. Ah. Nice to hear one of the gubernatorial candidates uh, listening in uh, to to your uh, 10 questions. But she not only did she do that, she also jumped in on this, uh, this, this public uh, call in terms of investigation to voter disclosure. Uh, yeah, interesting, Eddie. And I, I uh, did you say that there, I'll, I'll send the, the, the 10 questions out right now? You said Rebecca Dow for governor.com. I will, uh, I will get that out there. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Let me, let me see. It's uh, Rebecca at Dow for NM.com. D O W F O R N M.com. Uh, I will get that out directly as soon as the, the show ends. <laughs> I, I wasn't really sending this link out so much connected to the, the candidate as I was, this issue, which I don't really, in 30 years in the business, I've never really come a, wandered into this territory because I don't really deal with a lot of voting and election stuff because I'm a policy guy. The lawsuit filed at the end of last month by an organization called Voter Reference Foundation. Uh, it names uh, Senator, uh, Secretary of State Maggie Toulouse-Oliver as a defendant. And just in general, any lawsuit against Maggie, I'm probably going to, you know, I don't have to know the details. It's just a good idea. Uh, they are citing the First Amendment and asking the court to give the group Voter Reference Foundation, immediate permission to make voter registration information public. Uh, they are part, uh, they're part of a group, I guess they've done this in other states, and the candidate, Dow, said that the voter registration information uh, should be released to New Mexicans, give them access to vote to the voter rolls they pay for. Currently, uh, making voter rolls public is illegal in New Mexico, and the legislature would have to change the law, and I guess it's illegal in some states and legal in other states, but 
Well, why is that? This is our information. This is voters who are going in. You would think this would be accessible to anybody. And I'm going to go back to what Natalie and Jaybird were working on, you know, post-election on us. So, so we could figure out who actually showed up, who voted. We had to go in an archaic sort of way. And Natalie can speak to this. And Natalie, you're welcome to go ahead and call in. I know she's uh, on the verge of giving birth right now. Um, but, you know, doubt. We had to go and look at the papers that were posted on a door somewhere so that we could go ahead and get that was the voter information that's absolutely ridiculous yeah um the, apparently and again i'm very new to this so don't 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 you know don't take what i'm saying to the bank but the lawsuit according to the media coverage says that under the first and fifth amendment state laws banning the public publication of voter rolls uh they, they're violations of literally the bill of rights you're talking about the first and the fifth amendment so uh eddie this is something i'm going to monitor going forward it's new for me and i think it just you know it raises a fundamental issue about what the public's right to know is and, in, is and isn't. So uh, I think a very legitimate thing, and I'm going to stay on top of it. Oh, there we go. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, I should, there's two things I want to say here. Um, let me go to the, the, the first, which is Rebecca uh, Dow is dealing with attacks already directly from uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham and the Democrat Party, which I believe are like an ethics complaint or something that's coming her way. I think strategically thinking Rebecca is showing and I think this is good. She is showing um, her penchant for fighting back and her skill in going on the counterattack prior and while she's also countering other Republican candidates who are going against her. So I think this is an important piece. I think it shows the level of um, commitment, I think, to want to win the job. I think it shows a level of fight. I think these are really, really good things on, on her end uh, for her to do so. And, you know, deciding to go ahead and, and fight back by dealing with something that I would say 99% of the people don't know isn't public information, I think is a really, really good way to go. Well, Eddie, um, anybody by the way, on my, the right, who, go ahead. Who, who, just quickly, anybody on the right who wanders into the issue of, you know, election integrity and voter security, you're going to be immediately demonized by an army of leftists in the media saying that you're a you know January 6th truther and you're an insurrectionist. So, I mean, if for, for someone to speak publicly on this issue, you're right. It's sticking out your neck and uh, we're going to see what the results are. We most certainly will. I didn't realize, Dowd, we're almost up against it. Let's do our top five from the Rock of Talk. Blast so we can get it out. We appreciate everybody tuning in, uh, as always, right here in the Kiva. It's been a fun show. I'm broadcasting from the South Beach Plymouth Hotel. You guys were able to see that earlier, and then all of a sudden they got disconnected. But we appreciate everybody tuning in. It certainly is a uh, vibrant night, nearly 9 o'clock here in uh, Miami, nearly 7 o'clock there in Albuquerque. Your top five are brought to you as four in the morning by D. Dowd Muska. Go ahead, Dowd. Yeah, folks, a number one most clicked item on today's last, what we just discussed, the so-called development boom in Albuquerque. I put that in there just for Eddie Garagon because I just knew it was catnip for him. I knew he was just going to seize on that like a like a rabid Rottweiler and a honey-baked ham. Uh, number two, uh, what we just discussed, the GOP candidate for governor uh, involves herself in the federal lawsuit or at least endorses the federal lawsuit on the voter rolls. Uh, number three, Better Call Saul. Boy, the companies and businesses in New Mexico, they love Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Uh, 
we'll try to get to this tomorrow. Uh, there was one truly asinine statement in this story uh, on the news, and I really wanted to get to it. Uh, number four, uh, the restaurant restaurant industry is potentially getting another $42 billion bailout from Congress with money the federal government doesn't have. Uh, the Reason Magazine thought thinks that's very stupid, and uh, I, I, I tend to agree with them. Uh, and then finally, fascinating story, Eddie, and I know we got our military people, and I always put in links for them. Rare photo disclosed by the Pentagon of a mothership for our special operations guys, our Navy SEALs. Uh, it's a special ship that transports them to where they go, and then they get in the little Zodiac boats and everything. Uh, the Pentagon, I guess, had never published pictures of this mothership before, and uh, you don't mess with Navy SEALs, and I, I imagine we have some special forces people with some experience in the special forces, or at least knowing special forces in our audience, so I wanted to get that out there for our military folks. Doubt I just read the statements, the asinine statements. We will get to those tomorrow. And uh, AMC has been under an unbelievable uh, retread of Breaking Bad. How long are we going to ride this Breaking Bad Better Call Saul like it's the ultimate success? Uh, I'm sick of it. Uh, I will tell you that I do have a bad reaction to Breaking Bad every single time it comes on in that nothing else in the world exists except for Walt and, uh, you know, all the uh, wonderful things. That, But I, I think it's time, like, like we have moved on from Trump. We need to move on from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. It's time for new stuff, uh, Albuquerque. It's time to get stuff done. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Back tomorrow, 4 p.m., right here in the Kiva. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in on AM 1600 KIV, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, Bill O'Reilly. Oh, with all love, with all love, we could save the world.